other guys are going to come in, so we can um, let's just go ahead. And Hello, Alpha. What's good? What's good, man? My bad for 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 being late. Or I'm yeah, one no of problem, the. Man. Well, I'm one of the. I'm Alpha. We go find these niggas, Jerry. I'm listening. Oh, Alpha, man. Yeah. I gotta tell you, man. The, the way I found out about your music, Seth, I was uh, I was on SoundCloud, right? That was like a couple years ago. Oh, uh, maybe two or three years ago, I was on SoundCloud, and I was just like going through some stuff. I was looking for music from Nigerian artists that I wasn't like really familiar with, and I came across your Fever cover. Oh. And next night, no man, I had that shit on repeat like a motherfucker because guy, yeah, you like you kill that beat, and that's not even a beat I would really think that like rapping would, you know, would be the go-to approach for. But yeah. apparently, you remade the beat too, right? You did like a remake of it. No, I didn't. I just found one remake on the internet. Oh, like, okay, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> someone had already done it, so I was like, okay. Um, uh, I want to ask you though I've been thinking because I was trying to figure out what you were saying you, you said something about um, you said something like like uh, she make her follow you for back like say we did did you say Mandilas is that what you said Mandilas yes Mandilas those guys that won't stop following that, you whenever you go to Mandilas what, what's in the Mandilas I beg is that like a, like a place so or something it's, it's a section of it's a section of the Lagos Island market where they sell mostly clothes so it's like the people who own the shops, they, uh-huh. they, the shops are like far away from the streets where people are like walking around to like buy stuff. So to get people to come there and buy clothes, they send like like hundreds of boys. They just be walking around <laughs> in the market. Once you look fresh or look like a young guy or young babe, they suspect maybe you came to buy clothes and maybe you are searching. Whether or not you said yes to them or they, just, they, they follow you, they tug at your clothes, they... They they hail you, they anything, they coax anything like but show Mandela, show Mandela, come by this so and it's annoying. Like uh. so they can f- literally follow you. Like you'll be working on your own business. So they will follow you, you'll be shopping, they will stand at your back hoping that at some point you give them here. So like that's that's oh, okay, 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 okay. That yeah, makes sense because back, like, say we did Mandela, say. like I'm an ABJ guy. You know, so like, yeah, so, so <laughs> when I heard it, I was thinking, I was like, follow you for back, like Mandela's. So I was like, Mandela's, what does that mean? And I know it sounds crazy the way I'm trying. I was like thinking about it like it was deeper than any, because I was like, what is that? Then I was thinking maybe you're referring to like these niggas that they, they, they kidnap person, you know, like Mandela. Oh, oh, you yeah. know, like, see, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, I swear, sometimes eh, I don't even, like, I, I don't know. This thing you said now, you, you're even probably. Yeah, even probably nice. There are some people who will even interpret it like in worse ways. So, some bullshit, right? Ah, oh, bro, don't you just <laughs> don't you just hate those backpack niggas that be like carrying a bar that doesn't have any like bigger meaning and want to stretch it out? Like I'm like yo, bro, like, I beg now. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. It happens so many times. Sometimes, sometimes you play into it because very like let's say five percent of the time there will be somebody that will say something that you didn't even realize could be another meaning for the bar and then mm-hmm. you now claim it like a cool guy I'll be like yeah you see you cut it eventually <laughs> double on thunder you know sabia when you write down but like someone has helped you recover it where you go claim up you get me but then 95 percent of the time it's just rubbish and then to them that rubbish is what really makes you like the dope rapper that's to them their level of understanding Maybe by person now, let's say another person now, this Mandela's meant kidnapping to them. Mm-hmm. To them now, that might be like the hardest bar they've heard. heard that it right. means kidnapping, you get me? <laughs> so whether they are hailing me for kidnap, another person is hailing me for regular Lagos Island Regular, Mandela's. 
Right. But both of them are at the show, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be exactly. It's still right, man. You, you get me. It's still right. And they ended it with Gumbody like Kastika. I was like, yo, yeah. okay, this like yeah, this guy like definitely definitely killed the shit. So it, like put me onto your music and from there I just started like going and like looking and listening and I was just like, Man, like this guy is good. Like how come I haven't heard of this guy before? Um but you were talking about like taking credit for bars, man. One of the like craziest what I don't know what I would call Amba. All the craziest lines I ever heard that just made me like want to pluck out my eyeballs was um I think it was Vector. Vector said I do this protein like so many, many beans and I was like, Baba <laughs> <laughs> Come on dog <laughs> <laughs> Like you dead ass. Bro, I don't even funny think funny fabulous that. is that bad, dog. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a wild bar, though. That's, that's a wild bar. I do this protein like so many, many beans. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember like that era where niggas used to clown ice prints like crazy on Twitter? Honestly, like, man. this was like. 2011, 2012, Ice Prince. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah, was crazy. Yeah. This was after I just dropped all the cool and stuff too. Like, mm-hmm. niggas were clowning him about his bars, bro. Ice Prince used to like, actually, I don't know what that was because I was younger, but there was definitely he a time when Ice Prince, Ice Prince was killing now. Like, there was bro. even, even that, there uh, was the name of that, um, that rap song where it was him, LD, um, Reminis on it. Like, he killed, he killed that shit. Um, Joe. Yeah, that Joe remix. Joe, he, you know, he, yeah. he, he held his, he held his side down. But as years went by, he just like, I don't know what that dude lost no, interest you, in. when you go back to it, because we were younger back then, so those bars really appealed. But when you think about it, they were, they were very like surface level, like just easy bars, essentially. It was like, it was like bro, what? Like, <laughs> that's yeah, how a lot I, of them I saw now. it. Like, when MI came out too, like a lot of the bars that he used to like. It, it seemed crazy, but when you think about it too, like, yeah. yeah. So, but he was not like saying he, it now. Yeah. You'll probably be ashamed of those bars now, but um, at the time, there was no other way. Like, I'm sure the label pressurizing him make his music more like something anybody can understand. So, my guy, they yeah. dumb down, they dumb down, they dumb down. So, it did happen, Sha. He went on loose talk. He went on loose talk, Emma, and he was really like, when I was saying um, um all those his bars on Emma and one, he, he cringes when he listens to them now because what the fuck? Exactly. He asked himself, like, what the fuck was, that, was he saying to? <laughs> but back then, ah, well, like Emma, he's rapping. He can rap. He can rap. Blah blah blah. Exactly. Now, man, that's niggas was calling him the Nigerian Lil Wayne that year. Ah, uh-uh. that's what gets. I mean, Nigerians it seems like it. Lil Wayne too. All the niggas like to you. Lil Wayne too. No, actually, like, Lil Wayne's old shit. Like, actually, if you go back and listen to it, it hits. Like, it's his newer stuff that's like more yeah. cringe, cringe worthy. Like, yes. dog, what the yes, fuck I are agree. you talking about? I agree. He yeah. hasn't changed Most of his new stuff is just. But but his old stuff is still like he's the one that got everybody crazy about punchlines. Now that time nobody was telling stories. Everybody Yo. wanted sixteen lines that didn't correlate with each other. But each one was like a metaphor, like a punchline or something. So right. everybody was just. But yeah, just like I mean, the history of rap. There was there was that there was that period of time, um, where in Nigeria, like rap was really hitting. That was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe a little bit of twenty eleven. Where like mm-hmm. rap was the thing, right? So you had the iceberg, uh, iceberg slim and MI beef that year. Even Kelly Hanson yeah. said they beef MI said. Was that not when Fino mm-hmm. Two came out? 
Nah, and Fino didn't come out until later. Fino came out like more like 2011, 2012, that ghost mode. Fino was around, yeah, was but he wasn't really popular. It was really the popular. end. It was the 2011, like, ghost mode. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I know, like, as I listened to Fino, I left Nigeria in 2013. I know definitely was listening to Fino before that. So that's why I was like, it has to be 2011 ish. Because I know he dropped ghost mode. He was on a crazy run back then or something, too. Yeah, that was a good that was a good period for Nigeria rap, man. Um oh, man. Yeah. And just them, died and, down uh, too. Green. Yeah, and just like that, it just like kinda of went away. Yeah. I think I think after Dagreen Green died, it was just like yeah. And it was mainstream too when you think about it. It like, was. It was like if we had rap about we had rap hits, we had a committee. Yeah, project. that was yes. that's yes. mad. Yes, like, yes. The fact that rap was mainstream in Nigeria, like if you think about it, because if you think of what is mainstream now, it's, it's hard to imagine rap ever that was ever being mainstream because people are not really rapping now. Even the rappers too, they are doing like the exactly. Shit Everybody's now. playing safe, like all shit. of us, like yeah. this, they play safe, myself included. Like by the time you look yeah, at, I was even going to ask you numbers, if you felt yeah, that pressure too. I've always you, felt it now. Like when people are that are signed, are feeling it. Even me that is independent, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> but, like, Exactly now, like you have my guys, my guys now. When they get signed, uh, my when when Blackbones got signed, the all the songs that we were working on together at the time, like there are a lot of like rap, I mean, like rap inclined, you know, songs. But when when the label now sits down with like thirty recorded songs and picks, like you know, ten or twelve for a project, they are not going to pick ten or twelve rap songs. They are going to pick songs that they can send to radio and all that stuff. So it's get, it, get, it gets difficult and then by the time you see what success the single make uh, make made that uh, be makes when you go into the studio next time for the next project you go give yourself brains you know right. go the <laughs> do rap to rap stuff exactly you go look the numbers look your your neighbor <laughs> your neighbor numbers <laughs> bro like that shit is crazy like it plays on our minds all the time like you go enter studio make you do song you go midway into the session you go ask fuck this shit bro where's mm. that afro big jam like Damn. So, <laughs> and and, and the, you you the, if you say let you do strong hair, do strong hair, and then put it out. Okay, you put it out. The rap fans will enjoy it, but that's about where it stops. Like if you have money and shoot a video, fine, good for you. But like you now still the ones we infuse Afro beats. Now you go to hear everywhere, and those ones we go really enter. So except you are now big, like big, you you've gotten to a level where people really like want to go out of their way to listen to your stuff then you can start squeezing in like Olamide did 999 EP last year as big as he is nobody said Pim oh, that shit no enter it's not just that it was rap bro you know enter like I was like what is enter. it that's what I'm saying like and that's Olamide trying to rap like it's not even like he did it as a three away project like he did it cover art was fire like you could tell that he puts energy into the project got feels to make rap beats all that stuff like he actually wanted to do a rap project it's not like he just got a bunch of rap songs that he was going to throw away and that's an example. Emma and AQ did um, tone of the conversation early in the year. Although they, I don't think they did it to promote it. They just did it like quarantine type P. Let's just send. Yeah, probably like some like some Lucy's they had or something. No, no, not Lucy's. Yeah, so like they made the whole P- P thing in like a week. Like that was the the thing was like. Huh? I don't like to. I don't be trusting those type of projects. That I did inside the this P now, so that's why like I can speak for that one. Like, mm. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. So that one. I, I need to go and check it out then because I completely missed that. I don't know how I missed that. Like, I don't like to you, me personally. I'm not, rapping, I'm not like the rapping, biggest fan rapping of. there. Like it was bar, bar, yeah. bar fest. Right. Okay. It's, it's just you know. This might you might probably give a PC answer, but how do you feel about um, AQ's rapping? Well, 
the thing is that for podcasts like this, <laughs> when we, if you want to ask me my opinion on any any rapper, it has to be off record. I'm not. I, I didn't come <laughs> here to start anything. Oh, no, 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 no. I told you. No, but I mean, like, if you, I will, yeah, yeah, no, no, but AQ, 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 AQ to me, AQ is, AQ is a rapper, like rapper, rapper. Like, there's no doubt, doubting it. Like, AQ, if you sit down and look at what AQ writes or what AQ raps, like, you can tell that this guy is out here trying to outrap everybody. That's what I think about his, if it's about his prowess, that's what I think. If it's about his ability to rap, that's what I think. Like, he's actually like a rapper, rapper. No matter the situation. He's not trying to dumb down. He doesn't give a fuck whether, whether like when he comes to rap, he raps. That's what I think about about AQ rapping. I'm he's not the most no, musical okay. rapper, but he's a rapper rapper. Diplomatic immunity. I like that answer because I, I listen to I listen to that guy and it, something about like the, the voice, the cadence. The, the way he it pronounces doesn't do, it, bro. It doesn't do. It's, it sounds so forced and accents, authentic, bro. I would like to. Use yeah. See, that's what I'm telling. That's what I'm telling you. Like there are different aspects to this thing. That's what I'm telling you. What did I say? I said that if you come mm-hmm. and sit down and say. Is AQ rapping like his bars? What is he saying? Like he's actually out here rapping. He has bars, but the accent you is get just me. Man. I can't like yeah, so if yeah. you now want to dissect other things like accents, diction, all those ones, they are open to because yeah, he's trying to force to the debate. It's like he's trying to force the American accent with a Nigerian accent. In like I don't <laughs> well, know, like well, that's how it sounds well, to me. Like you go, you go yeah, shock you. See, <laughs> you get people now. I don't see like when God's engineering dropped. Like if you go on Twitter, you see like AQ fans. You can't tell this thing you're saying now. You, if you say it there, it look uh, like you are speaking. Uh-huh. So that's why I said all I the stuff that are up for debate is better like discussed off record because when if we are like mm-hmm. on a platform like this and I, it's just an opinion. Mm-hmm. If I wake up yeah. today and I say, "Am I am I's rap voice is 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 this or his this thing is that?" There will definitely be a section of people who think the direct opposite, and then all of a sudden you've said nonsense. <laughs> so that's <laughs> why my answers in such. Um, this thing may sound like diplomatic. Um, it's definitely those niggas that used to that year they've been they played to go group to go the rap they go the tech bars <laughs> now, now those niggas <laughs> if you like oh. say ah, they, they, they want to carry that shit on top of their head you know to but, go is such oh, a throwback man for real, real talk yeah to go battles oh my god <laughs> yeah niggas open rap rap room. late night do you remember those those days of midnight call uh, of course, bro. Not. Like uh, I mean, like Jesus Christ, <laughs> 2007, 2008, 2006. That era, that era. That's oh even God. the era we're talking about. That oh. rap shit. That's the era. Funny enough, like. Yeah. Nigga, nigga, go spend the last ten minutes. They talk, I love you back and forth. Ah, oh, man, thank God for redemption. You have to not time it because if you accidentally go over the time, like that's your credit. <laughs> that they are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, like, no matter how long you spent on the phone. Is that last crucial ten minutes that you now remember things that you were supposed yeah, to say? Yeah, and that time your, your creative juices go on the your flow. Your creative juices go on the flow. Is that a young trash? My popsy used to hide in the this thing. You hide like used to hide and try to try and see if we're up because we're supposed to be asleep, you know. We're not supposed to be. Yeah. Asleep. And they go now oh, hide. God. One day now just enter the room. We were all shooting. I was studying at that time. I had to, I, I couldn't do my midnight calls inside the house anymore. I had to come outside, like in the compound. Yeah. So I, I, did for, I don't do them successfully for some weeks. Then one random day, I just did the follow debate talk. As I just turned, I see my popsy stand for my back. The In the look of disappointment, on it, it was as if like, like the look, he didn't say anything to me, but the look mm-hmm. was like, 
you said it now. Give me away in this moment, like oh, he sure. would, because he was <laughs> totally like I left my sleep and I left to come outside and so like that, that period was was wild, bro. No, it was. Um, just a side note. Uh, Small chops is is in the building. Hello. Small chops Alpha. Good evening, Hi, everybody. Hi, how are you doing? Nicknamed Small Chops. Oh, my guys, we talk about bars. Let me give him that name. You know what I'm saying? Just a little side. I don't feel special anymore. Oh, boy. Wait, is this Rebecca that is Small Chops? No, Small Chops is uh, is Moshope. She's one of our co-hosts. Rebecca, Rebecca doesn't record with us. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. She's on the back end. Okay. Rebecca now are like, you know, now like our, we call them secret agents. You know, now she pass up. Now she did, now she did run in interference in the background. You know, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Rebecca. Uh, small chop, did you? I hope you came with some questions. Yeah, but I'm not 100 percent sure what you guys have discussed beyond what I just heard. So. We I haven't we haven't gone too deep into it, but okay. um, as we're going with the flow, yeah, as we're going with the flow of the conversation, I'm sure you get like your you know mm-hmm. chance to like throw. We're well, just gisting, you know. We're just gisting, you know. But nice. yeah, but to this topic of you know Nigerian rappers wanting to tone it down and like do Afro beats, you know, there was a point in time where I was like, I really was expecting like rap, actual rap from certain Nigerian artists, and I was just so confused, like, yo, why are these niggas? jumping on why why is this nigga using auto-tune all of a sudden you know why is this nigga jumping on afro beats when the thing that got him to pop in the first place was the rap shit um and i i I personally feel like there's a way to find a middle ground between like hopping on afro beat sounds but still like having the kind of rap or lyrics that'll like ride on that beat um but your what you're saying is because there's no like there isn't really commercial success or like any real monetary gain that comes with that Nigerian rappers feel like, okay, they just can't do it, right? Is that is that for, what you're for saying? For the longest time, it's been like that. I feel like now in 2021, it's relatively, will I say, easier for us to take risks. Someone like me now, if I'm uh, not not if I'm like I'm working on a project and at the moment, I'm I'm rapping on the project, but the music around it isn't necessarily necessarily like boom bap or whatever. Like, sorry. The music, the music around it is music. Like, I'm exploring sounds, but what I'm, I, my expression on the project is I'm rapping. So, to your point, it's rappers are free. They find it easier to experiment. I think now, in 2021, than maybe like five years ago, when like you everything was just necessarily geared towards whether you could succeed with the records you were putting out. But now, mm-hmm. like, everybody is basically independent. In this country right now, I don't know of it. There's, in fact, the only rapper that I, that I, that right now is probably signed. I think there's only two rappers that are signed right now in the whole Nigeria. I, <laughs> I think Ladipo signed to Maven and Blackbone signed to Chuck City Warner. I don't think, I, uh, remind me, I don't know. MI is basically MI. I, he's, if okay, we can count MI. But I think that's like, oh, every other person is independent. So, now everybody's just basically marketing their stuff to that core fan base that they have on like social media and the people who like buy their stuff. So people like me now, what I do every Monday with my quick bar stuff is like I'm trying to build like a group of people who get used to 
me and the way I express. So when I make music, it doesn't sound strange to them, and I have people that can support me with their money. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's easier for us now. But, and I, I don't know if I even answered your question, but like, I was no, just trying you, to no, say you that. definitely, you, you definitely did. Um, so, I don't know. There's something. There's something for me that's kind of like you know. As much as I admire the South African rap scene, I'm just like you. I wish, I wish Nigeria. I could say the Nigerian rap came close to that. Right? Um, and we're talking about these. You know, what do we call it? We call them hip hop heads. I be backpackers that like to discuss yeah. hip hop and everything. And there are a lot of people that have the opinion that they are Nigerian rappers that are better than a majority of American rappers. That I don't believe. Um, as much as I think that we have some talented people in here. So, like, as far as, like, yeah. uh, on the continent and, like, internationally, right, on average, where do you think that Nigerian rappers uh, scale? Like, where do you think they fit in uh, against their peers? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm, I'm one of the people who, who are in that conversation of Nigerian rappers are better than American rappers. I don't know. I don't think so because every almost everything that we are doing, we borrowed from there. So I don't feel like... I don't feel like um, not just because of that. I, I just I just haven't heard enough to say okay that there's someone because there's a lot. Like if you <laughs> American rap, like even now, even ten years ago, even five years ago, there always been there have always been rappers that would def- like blow your mind that like have stood the test of time. I've continued to make both the ones that are successful commercially and the ones that are just like there rapping for the culture every single time. Like. People like the rest, the five nines, who are like just demigods, and then you have uh, people like Kendrick Lamar, who are both lyrically gifted and can sell millions of records. So, I mean, in Nigeria, we have people that are talented, but I don't think that on the like we have people that maybe if you put them in the room to like cipher with American rappers, they would definitely stand toe to toe with them. Like if you put me in a room with a bunch of american rappers and all of us were supposed to like rap on the same beat i would hold my own but would i would i like at the end of the day i don't think the big conversation would be almost oh, this guy hmm this guy can unseat kendrick lamar or this guy can unseat j cole or like i don't even think that that's <laughs> that's the i don't i don't know how to explain it but the way that their own industry is set up is different from the way our industry is set up like here you are caught between trying to prove to the people who who listen to rap music that you can rap and also trying to prove to your family that you can make music to take care of them or put food on your table so that always causes like this weird weirdness where you are not really sure whether you are rapping at your best all the time because you are trying to pan that to, to both sides no, definitely. I, I feel you on that. Um, but I, I wonder, like, what's your take on, like, why why is it so, why is rap so successful in South Africa and in, in kind of Ghana to an extent uh, more than it is in Nigeria? But that thing, it, it stems from, okay, so I used to speak, I used to tell someone, I think I'm having this conversation with someone not even too long ago, and we're, we're speaking about how everything that happens in nigeria just snowballs into everything else so let's just use something random like the way we all complain about the economy in nigeria so you can you can you can say now that because of the way we are the way everything is set up in nigeria where everybody's just basically trying it's like a rat race to make money so now there's not enough how will i put it now 
they i was on this clubhouse last week and then they were speaking about how the number of people who use apple music in nigeria are like in their hundreds of thousands not even in like millions or like up to a million or something and you know if you gauge that against the population of young people who actually use smartphones or like people who have access if they wanted to you know to download these apps and use them you will realize that the the disparity is mad and is basically because a lot of people still have that mentality in nigeria that they are not supposed to pay for music as weird as it sounds so you have a group of people rapping we now the rappers people were marketing the music to only like seven percent of them are actually subscribing to the platforms that can get us paid understand the rest of them are still getting our music from blogs and like getting our music from like places where they can download it for free so at the end of the day when you want to make music because you feel like today you want to rap when you really want to express you're not even sure that you are going to be able to monetize you're not sure you're going to be able to like get anything back from this work that you put in so when you now want to experiment you first keep that one at the back and say okay let me try something that even though people download this thing for free even though people like illegally spread it or whatever it is at the end of the day because it's commercially it's leaning commercial you know a lot of people are going to hear it and who knows maybe it can become big in that sense that every roadside baba or every roadside dj is playing the song because it has like an afrobeat tinge to it or i'm singing a little bit or something and then maybe from there I can become a bigger name and then start making my money from maybe a larger subscriber base where my 20% of people that are downloading for money or paying me to download is bigger than the other guy who has lesser followers and 20% of that is downloading and paying. So, like, is is a constant, like, thing in the minds of the people creating the music. I think that's what, that's what, the, that's what the big problem is in the first place because in a place like south africa now the economy is distinctly different you know from what we have here like our setup here so i'm sure people like aspanyo vest people like aka their fans are not just only shouting on social media when there's a show they will go and they will pay to watch them you know when they drop music you know they are going to pay and download on apple music or like stream on spotify or whatever it is but here most of our rap fans they will hail you on social media and you know give you all the fire emojis and shit but they are looking for some blog to download the music from so at the end of the day like rap from now till next week you look at your neighbor and you see that he has had some some, some success with some afrobeat leaning thing and maybe when they are doing one random show when there's giddy fest for instance they are not going to call people who are out here doing boom bap they are going to call the rapper who has had some quote-unquote sense to fuse because that's what they call it now fuse well fusion fusion yeah fuse your thing with afrobeat and then maybe make one song that is successful those are the people they are going to call for such shows you know when you think about all that you know it affects you as a creator and then you begin to remember that ah i used to sing ten or that year i used to i used to be quite good and then <laughs> slap on some auto tune and then you know <laughs> you're you good to go so like i don't know i don't know if i'm speaking for everybody when i say that but conversations with my guys you know and just being here as as an artist too and seeing everything that happens not just to me but around me i feel like we could be better but 
a lot of things like the guys that you want to pay for the ones they are making the music for they will tell you that there's no money to buy data that there's it's crazy the kind of things we discuss like <laughs> it's crazy the, like it's just weird but there's nothing you can do about it because that's just it's literally the truth if you go into universities now like the young people the students who are supposed to like be your will i say like target audience or whatever most of them like it's the same thing so i mean i i don't know we could go round and round about this but i feel like the route everybody's taking now is now it's easier for like okay now everybody that is indie if you know your way around registering your music and like handling your publishing and like doing your, your all your stuff um by yourself uh-huh, then you can say okay um if you're lucky enough to you know have built a fan base to a point where maybe you you can even do a million views on your on your music video when you drop it it will give you small mind when you're doing your next song you'll probably experiment a little bit or like you know but but when you're still struggling when you're still trying to like get people to hear you the last thing that is on a rapper's mind in nigeria a young rapper's mind in nigeria is throwing on a a beat by ninth wonder and like going to town on it to show that you can rap i mean so um in regards to rappers that have like quote unquote made it or whatever or just are more well known um do you think or do you feel like you've seen them become more creative with the content that they give us and stuff um because as you were as i was listening to you i didn't necessarily think that getting to that like well-known status or whatever like kind of led to me hearing things yeah um in a lot of ways i felt like i just kept hearing the same things or like in some in some situations it kind of got worse or whatever or it's just a lot of more like mainstream stuff so yeah well i think to be honest okay so i feel now like everything i've said for the past 10 minutes now doesn't make any sense but like no no it made sense it makes sense because obviously like you're trying to you're trying to do what is gonna be like what more people are gonna um listen to and stuff and it's gonna get them interested in you like i get that but then i'm also like if you already found a formula that works what's the likelihood Mm. that you're gonna want to like deviate to something else i mean obviously people do but the majority don't necessarily take that route yeah yeah that's that's i think i think i think part of what you're saying now like what i'm even going to say now is like embedded in what i've said already i feel like Mm. when people get there like when people get there when they become quote-unquote like successful they like you said most of them stick to their formula the formula that got them there maybe maybe fusing their their music with like some other form of or some other genre or like afrobeat or whatever but what i was trying to say is that i feel like before a rapper would decide to will I say, put out, like, proper rap music, if that makes any sense. The the way we are set up here, you most likely want to have, like, some form, I don't know whether to call it some form of, like, insurance policy or, like, whatever, to have got to a place where people actually care about your music enough to, to listen to whatever it is you want to experiment with. Okay, so mm-hmm. at the end of the day now, like, let's say someone like, let's say someone like, will i use for this example now okay so the project that mi and aq put out like earlier this year is an example 
but but then like it's double it's double-sided because at the end of the day they didn't really like promote it like a project that they would have made or they would have promoted if it had like um, commercial music in it so they are uh, on one on one hand they can do it because they're at a level where like more people are willing to listen to them like mi is mi aq just got like he came off the back of a successful year you know with the headies and everything so if emma and aq are doing a rap project together people are interested they want to listen would they put as much energy behind it as they would if it was like a proper album that they were doing like fusing different styles in this nigerian setting probably not but can they do it because they are them yes so i don't know if i'm making any sense but it makes it look like when you now make proper rap music it still rotates on that same level where where it has been like for a long time where it's not really like if 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 big sean does a song like big sean snoop dogg nipsey hustle that song that came out deep reverence it's a proper rap song and when that kind of song drops in america it's promoted properly it's promoted like promoted like a song that is supposed to be played on the radio or whatever like expensive videos are shot for it and all that stuff and that's how their own market is set up but it's more difficult for us to do it here because of the reasons that i've stated before so mm-hmm. i'm saying when you get to a level you can try it in nigeria here but the reason why it doesn't get like <laughs> i don't know there's something i'm missing but i i i i i just i i'm hoping that i've like my point is somewhere inside all this rambling no it is it is um but so someone like um, me though like someone like me that's mm-hmm. still like on the come up personally like all this thing i'm saying like i'm just saying it for like the general public but personally i don't really see any reason why i should not like experiment quote unquote like for me i feel like because i'm a producer also like i can go both ways i can i can choose to make a project that i'm just like spazzing throughout i'm rapping throughout i can choose to make a project that has like 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 spice like sp- spiced up with like r&b afro beats whatever it is and i can serve that to the public and then just see how it goes because i'm still at a stage where i feel like i can show all my talents to the public so mm. i don't know but <laughs> you know with everything i've said everybody your individuality also matters because someone like olamide now dropped 999 earlier in the year but because that's just not that's just not what people have come to expect from olamide he mm. drops 999 because it's like a passion project for him he wants to rap and then people are like okay give us this better that you've been giving us for years and then before i don't think it was up to three months baba started dropping his regular type singles again because that's just how <laughs> i mean so um alpha i'm just curious like what's your process like when you're in the studio like what do you what like are some methods you used to get like inspiration when you want to make music and stuff like that well i think some of some of the best songs i've made have been like pretty spontaneous i i i i develop more of a process when i'm like working on a project or when i'm beginning to like tie songs together to form a project usually i i am personally overworked i don't know how to put it but in the quest to you know try and do a quote-unquote nine to five in the same music space i mix for clients i mix for people 
and I engineer people's records. So between that and making my own music, like it can be almost life or death. So most of the time, I don't really have the luxury to sit down and like say, okay, today I'm going to combine some psychedelic sounds with some sounds from Mother Nature and some sounds from outer space and like, you know, relax and make some chill vibe, you know, stuff. But I can also just sit down, open my laptop and like just make something and then, ah, it's cool. And maybe next week I just remember it and then I come and rap to it. But usually when I now want to make a project, I can go back to like a lot of old songs or old ideas and then start thinking about how, oh, the story in this song ties to the story in this other song or this can like link to this and then hopefully that's how chameleon my last album basically came about like you know pockets of ideas here and there and then after some time it made sense to bring all of them together and then it will now help me flesh out like the other songs but i soak up experiences like every day from like people's stories from my life from my family from deep things that have happened to me that i probably i may I'm a, I don't know what to call it, but you know, there, there are people that, that act, act out when they're angry and there are people that like bottle stuff up. So I think I'm more of a bottler. I don't know if that makes any sense. So sometimes mm. like when something bad happens to me or like when someone like, you know, does something wrong to me, I just like, just because I deform emotional intelligence, I no go do anything at the time. Then later, like, because there has to be an outlet. I end up probably like putting that energy into like writing a story about how I feel or maybe making it look like I'm writing about someone else when really it's me and stuff like that so that's usually like how I come up with like the deeper stuff but like for other things I just go with maybe something I've experienced before like something I've heard someone talk about or like some random thing I saw on the road like every other do you, basically, like do you use any substances to no i don't that. i don't maybe i should have even led with that because when he asked me the question the first thing that came to my mind was start <laughs> with saying you don't smoke but i now went off on a tangent so no i don't i don't smoke i don't smoke i drink occasionally but i don't smoke i've tried i've tried smoking in the past and i hated it i actually have this verse i did on one song in the past somewhere on my soundcloud where i was spoke about the first time i smoked weed i didn't like it at all maybe maybe it was yeah. a bad strain who knows maybe in the future I'm nah, Nigeria has a like. You didn't like the way you felt. Yeah, so. Nah, no, no, person go nah. the leaf where they want to use make soup. Now nah, you can decide. <laughs> probably, probably. Hey, like, oh, oh, like it's probably, <laughs> probably the wrong. Probably the wrong because this was this was Yo. a very look. It was a very local place. It was like I was in university then, and this was um, my uh, my university was in the east. My my campus was in Enugu. So. I think it was in the middle of like a holiday or something so i went to see someone in imo which is like another village area to like inside imo state we're just chilling there for some days and i don't i don't i don't know why i thought that the weed from there would be high quality but nah, it's based upon that seeds. weed that i've made the life choice mm-hmm. to <laughs> not smoke <laughs> so, so, unfortunately for weed um it, it didn't bring his put his best foot forward when he had the opportunity to bring me on board so okay um no okay um going back to um you mentioned your second um album chameleon um and you were talking about kind of um what motivates or what inspires you and stuff um so throughout the album um kemi smalls does uh what's it called 
yes, that thing where somebody's talking through, talking. but what's the appropriate word? I think it's an interlude. She's not interlude. That thing, yes. Me, whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interlude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she kind of, she does that throughout. Um, and I was just kind of wondering, um, like, what were, what was the message, not necessarily a message, if it's not a message, but, like, what was kind of the underlying theme or motivation behind kind of using like choosing that title and then having her kind of do those interviews and stuff yeah um the the idea behind the album itself was basically me trying to show that i can blend as required you know this whole thing we've been speaking about today that was what i was trying to prove on chameleon i was trying to prove that okay so if they ask me to stand up now and rap i can actually mm -hmm. like rap rap and be like a rapper's rapper but then also because i can produce I can also like try other sounds, do something with a bit of Afrobeat, do something. So it was just, and then I thought to myself, like, if you just put out a project where on some songs you are rapping and some songs you are trying Afrobeat sounds out, it would just be like another bunch of songs. It would just be like a playlist. Like it, it won't mm -hmm. make any sense. So I just, I came up with like some, I don't know, it made sense at the end of the day, but I just had to come up with a way to make everything make sense. So I just thought, okay, find a an animal that you know adapts to an environment and like mm. you know if you bring him in this place he's going to change and adjust and blah 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 okay chameleon okay fine say that he's your spirit animal so that people will think you're like deep and all that stuff <laughs> <I'm> like, yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah so that was basically how the idea started in my brain so after that it was now a question of okay so i've called the project chameleon now and the, the general idea is that, okay, I can make certain styles of music when required to, like, blend into the continuously changing nature of the Nigerian music ecosystem. Like, just some journalist shit. Okay, so mm -hmm. now I've done that one. How do I now, like, bring the theme into the project to, like, make it make the name itself make sense? So I now said, okay, what if I use the stories of the songs and tie them to, like, the life cycle of a chameleon or, like, things that a chameleon goes through, like, in their day-to-day -day life? So you have songs like One Knee, which is basically a wedding song. And then before the song, I have a skit here talking about how, you know, a, a female chameleon and a male chameleon meets and how, you know, you can take a while before a male chameleon can make his advance. But when he's ready, the girl's probably mated with someone else and it's too late. That type of st stuff. And then, you know, before the song called Tongue Song, which is basically about Conilingos, I have had to bring a skit about, you know, the chameleon and its insanely long tongue and how, you know, it can be used to catch prey and all that stuff. And then that comes before that song. So it was basically like Nadio Wild in between my songs on my album. Mm -hmm. So, and then I thought to myself, like, okay, me saying this would be super corny. Who will I get to say it? It has to be like a babe with a proper, like, radio voice. And then. I reached out to Kemi Smalls and she was kind enough to do the skits for me. So I sent her the scripts. She sent them back to me saying they are super cool. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, one more question. Um, in listening to that album and then listening to your previous one, I can't remember the name right now, but half price. Um, I half price. Um, I could definitely hear a difference just like in your sound and just like in the way things kind of flow and stuff. Um, would you say you kind of had that same thought process when you were making that project? Um, and then I'm also just kind of curious as to what you think has changed or how you think 
your sound has changed. Because I was having this conversation with a friend um, and I had said that I felt as though you just sounded more like refined in the second one. Um, and then he started asking me what that meant and all these things. And then I was like, I okay, my leave me alone. I don't really I'm not even going to ask you what that means. Like refined is right? So I'm like, yeah. Yes, no, no, definitely. Um, I just, yeah. I definitely think that you, I just hear more of, you in the second project um obviously we're hearing you in the first one but um it's just it's more cohesive it's more intentional um so i was just kind of curious as to maybe what has influenced that because that was kind of part of the conversation we were having is like what has influenced whatever changes you feel like you've seen in yourself um is it more so just time is it um influence of whatever you're listening to around you and all that kind of stuff um, um but, yeah. i think i think with half price i really hadn't I, I really hadn't like met anybody in the industry that was sort of like i hadn't met any of my mentors in person at that time so i really didn't know like you know there's a lot of intentionality like you said that goes into making projects that people can actually perceive as intentional you know it's very rare before someone will just sit down and like make a disjointed bunch of songs but then to the average listener it will be like oh well, this is a masterpiece like it's very difficult so with half price, it was more so like me just trying to put music out there so that people know I exist and people know that yeah, there's an alpha somewhere that makes like good music. So that's what half price was. So it was like a collection of songs that I was. Those are songs that I probably would tweak a little bit if I were to release them now because the songs were just basically how I finished them, put them on the project. The beats were all different, different styles and all that stuff, but between half price which was 2018 and chameleon which was 2019 no half price was 2017 then chameleon was 2019 so between you know those two albums what happened was i had become more exposed to a lot of things one like sonically i had improved in terms of like the decisions that i was making when i was producing music and when i was mixing music mm. and then also like songwriting between then and when i made chameleon i had now started going to songwriting camps i had now started being invited to like camps where i would now meet like my peers or people who were even like more successful or like actual proper like a-list artists and then you know they were in all these massive or small intimate like camps where like music was being made and then whatever process you thought was the ultimate in your own studio you will now see someone doing something better and then you learn so all that learning all that meeting people playing music that you thought was like super dope for someone and then the person just being like eh and then you now go home and be like oh more and then you know you start refining your i vividly i, I was in a camp for i was in a camp for black bones and EP, I was mixing the project. That was his bombastic EP. So we're in that camp for like four days trying to finish the project. And then I remember playing some of the songs that were going to end up being on Chameleon to my guy. And at that point, in my mind, I had finished the album. Like I thought I had this masterpiece that when I drop it like this, everybody would just, just, you know, move me to the hallowed seat of like wherever it is they keep like hallowed guys. I don't know that makes any sense but like i then played the music like for people just in between like re recording sessions and shit and then you just see a song that i've been like killing myself with like at home and saying no more this song is going to like you know make them look for me and then people just people just going about their activities nobody really caring and then i think 
you play some songs and then some people will be like how oh, more if it makes sense if you do this thing here or if it makes sense and then before you know it that small interaction within those four days really changed chameleon like chameleon was basically done but that just goes to show you that like with every interaction that you have with like people in your how i put it like like-minded people or like people whose opinion like you respect or people who have been doing this for a while or who have had success you know with making like songs that have commercially just like if you're trying to write an afrobeat song now no matter how dope you think the song is if you play the song for joe boy there's a probability that joe boy is going to ask you to repeat the hook multiple times and then you might not want to repeat the hook but you you cannot really argue because every song that he has basically dropped in terms of like a single has been a hit and if this is the formula then you just have to like try it and see if it works so there are many songs that had like tweaks from that camp that when they eventually made it to chameleon and people listened to it people actually said ah this is dope and i remember the previous versions of the songs and i was like oh my god if they have heard if they had heard the previous version to you they would have sucked so bad so it was just growth between that time growth in terms of like songwriting how to arrange my songs you know what should come first you know ear candy you know adding basic like some stuff here and there that just makes people want to like pay attention more not just saying i can rap and then the rest is inshallah like actually intentionally giving people stuff to pull their ear towards like when they're listening to the music so it was just learning a lot of that stuff directly or indirectly between when i made half price and when i made chameleon then meeting all the people i met you know when i when i'm in a session with mi for instance and i watch him make music from the ground up and i'm like yo so this is how he does it then i'm in a camp with yc and i see him do his thing or like i'm somewhere with ghost you know that type of thing so you just watch people who have done this for a while and i've had success with it and then you learn a lot from them so just a mixture of all these things yeah for sure uh i mean you say i should talk say you did refine now they call them small chops you're gonna give you some <laughs> sweet sound bites you, did. you get me <laughs> i'm hyped i'm hyped now you guys were just like just me this is someone that knows how to get people hyped just be like you know you're a refined guy all of a sudden i'm like now nah, i have to sound refined that's fine never no more some kind of bars <laughs> where you never hear before you just be blush like, just be blush like momo you get but, um, me <laughs> Um, so you've talked about your process and you know the themes behind some of the concepts on on your projects and you know growth yeah. and everything like that. And I just want to take it back a little bit and like really get to know like how you started this music thing in the first place. How did you get to become Alpha Eugenia and like what the journey has been from then to this point in your career? So can you tell us like how you started in music and just how you knew that it was what you wanted to do and some of the experiences that you've had in the industry so far? And real quick to also add, like, if you can start, just what does even Alpha or or Genie mean? Like, if you can, I don't know if you guys discussed yeah, okay. that. If you can add that too. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, how I chose my name was I was obsessed with with them. Um, okay, so I was basically I was a fantastic student in secondary school, like physics, math, all that stuff. It just be like nothing for me back then. I don't know how much of all these things I can remember now, but we move. Obviously, no be beans to the feed us, so because we go do nah, our research. Bro. Nah, bro, do your research. I was an A student. Like, that's something that I will say from now to next week. But, like, the point I'm trying to make with all this bragging is that physics was my best subject, and then I was obsessed with Greek letters. So when it came like time to pick a name, that was the first thing that came to my head, just alpha, like, basically the first letter of the Greek alphabet. 
not necessarily because i didn't even really like think about it too much it's later when people start saying stuff like alpha male or alpha wolf whatever whatever i'm like okay cool cool cool. i thought of that too in the beginning but i really just picked the name from like physics class then um i didn't add a genie till 2019 that was um I was panicking because at the time I just started sorting out my publishing and registri- registering my song on like my songs and like handling all my back end stuff basically. And then my music kept getting bunched up with other people worldwide whose names are also Alpha. Like some reggae artists or like some gospel artists. So my songs would end up in like their albums and all that stuff. And it was getting like really difficult for me to like pull everything together into my one like database or something. So after a while i just decided i was going to like find a way to make my name like more unique and then i started panicking at the beginning of 2019 thinking about how i was going to do that as i had an album coming i wanted to sort it all out make sure my music was properly sorted out too on the back end so i was going to change my name entirely but then i was advised against it the alpha was like such a cool name like my close friends are like what are you thinking so I reached out to, I was just having conversations with random people. And then at some point, I was talking about it with Kemi Smalls. And then Kemi Smalls was like, yo, don't you have like a second name that you can attach to it? Like, you know, you don't have like Two-Face Dibia, like Emma Abaga, even Wandiko, like just a name. And then I, I remember that I'd always liked my grandpa's name, Ojini. And I'd always like dreamt about the day where I'll be able to like switch my son name and change it to Ojini. Like... It was such a cool name and my current son name is a bit long and it's not as cool as Ojini. So I was just like, hmm, that's a dope idea. And it sounded cool when she said it. I decided to adopt it. So that's how I added Ojini to the name. But that's my What name. does it mean? Ojini is like a short form of a longer name. But to confirm the meaning of that name, uh, that we have to do another episode because I have to like ring my dad real quick. So, Okay. He has told me the meaning before, but I've forgotten. I don't. I don't remember it now. But I remember the the name the meaning of my own surname is what I have like in my head now. But I can't remember what the means because it's like it's sandwiched in between a longer like Igbo name. So you still plan to change your last name then? No, 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 no. Like Alpha Ojini is like my name now. I'm comfortable with it. Like when I when I added it to my no, no. Sound, you I'm mentioned the, that you dreamt of. Oh, my like proper name, changing, like, yeah. my last name. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe. It's, it's such a cool name. I feel like I wish I could still have it, like, have it in real life, but I don't know. At some point, maybe. Who knows? But, okay. like, yeah, that's just for my name. But the whole music thing for me, I, I started in 2007. That's when I that's when I actually, like, started messing around with, with um, the idea of being an artist. I was not even listening to secular music before that time like the family i grew up in strictly catholic strictly strict strictly everything like it was difficult to even sneak in like like random secular music cds into the house and like listen to them so i wasn't really really into secular music up until like my final year in secondary school where peer pressure and everything Got to imagine people people started getting influenced in like JS3, but it took me till SS3 to start listening to like secular music and stuff. So I know when I say it sometimes it sounds weird because 
it's like but all the all the while i had always been in like i know it's cliche everybody says it but i was really in the choir so i can't even if i was in the choir and everybody says it and now i can't say because everybody says it i would not say it too so yeah i was in the choir so i think all that time my mind was just like i'd always liked the idea of being able to contribute to music as like a singer in a choir i used to drum i was a percussionist i used to also be part of the church band i used to be a drummer so i took all that stuff into university in 2007 and then when i now started listening to music proper i think I, that was when i got my first mp3 player that was when i <laughs> in 100 level my first year in university so i started listening to all sorts of music and then after some time i started trying to like make music of my own and that's basically how this started so i i didn't know anything about anything i just knew that i wanted to like try and make what i was hearing so i started trying to write raps and then i met this guy called tony in 100 level where i, I, I was walked into a friend's room because i attended maduna university and then we used to have these crazy packed hostel rooms with like 12 13 people in the room so sad so I entered one of those rooms one day and I saw someone sitting down looking at a laptop and then there were like two tiny like computer speakers in front of him and he seemed to be pressing keys on his keyboard and then those keys were like making different like sounds like I, I, I didn't really know what that was like it didn't make any sense to me at the time like I didn't really know how music was made so I didn't know that people actually used to sit down and like combine sounds together to make a beat or like you know make instrumentals or whatever so that was my introduction to fruity loops that's what it was at the time and then from then on i just started fiddling around with the software i just continued like messing around with the software for years like i didn't even have a laptop at the time i used to borrow a friend's laptop install the software there and then i would just go to town made my first beat somewhere around i think the next year 2008 i just started recording in my hostel room my roommates they thought i was a like a total nuisance because everybody had to keep quiet when it was time for me to record you know we'd close the windows you know raise everybody's mattresses to cover them and then i would now use this cheap headset mic that i had at the time that my mom got for me and then <laughs> i would just start recording on the beats that i had made and people would start sharing the music like bluetooth all over like the hostels then before you know it like the songs really started spreading like within the school so that's the first that was the first period that was that's where the whole thing actually started because people that was the first stage of validation where people were like oh my this guy is good and then from there like <laughs> the rest is history i just continued you know i think when i started it i now realized that oh this is actually what i was supposed to do or you know how you just start something and then you realize that this is what you're meant to do but you did not you didn't like yeah it felt like natural yeah you get me like i think i'd real I, I didn't catch on to it earlier i was like where has this thing been all my life so it was as if when i started i couldn't stop like i always wanted to make music be in that environment like i was always on the basketball courts doing cyphers like rapping with people being involved in battles all that stuff so like basically how everybody that started music in a university environment started were you a good battle rapper no i've never been a good battle rapper <laughs> that's never been like, my forte like ever 
Nigerian battle rap is always funny. Like, did you guys see that clip of that one guy that was like, I forgot what he was saying. Yeah, he was, was it saying it something insults? about a nigga's headline yeah. and him buying a wig or some shit. And I was just, and he thought he was really going in. Ah, uh, but niggas, hmm. one niggas trying to, one niggas doing ooh in the background. Yeah, niggas was doing ooh ah, you know, talk to that nigga Bro, in the that background. That's the worst part of these battle raps. Like, to be honest, I wish there was a way. Like, can we just like? I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> I have nothing against battle rappers. There are actually some guys that are actually like that, like dope to a point. Like, I feel like there are some people who I've met that have watched like their battles, and I think they would hold their own in a regular rap battle. But there are very few. Off the top of my head right now, I can only mention Holyfield. I really have not really watched battle rap enough to have an opinion on, like have a strong opinion on it. So I know people. Holyfield is he Nigerian? Yeah, he's a Nigerian. He's a Nigerian rapper. Like. He's he's the he's the one person in that battle rap circle that I think everybody knows that okay yes if he's at a battle rap event or a rap battle event that he's going to like come through. There are a lot of other people, but just because I haven't paid too much attention to that like to that aspect of the culture in Nigeria, I don't think I have enough information to like make. But yeah, Omo, the oohs and ahs for super bars and eh, Omo. <laughs> It's something that should be looked at. <laughs> Yo, there was one time for super bars. That's okay, bar job. We're having a conversation. I do on, this, bro. On Twitter one time, and this nigga was talking, we were talking about Vector. So I think it was when Vector and Mi still had like their beef was still hot. Yeah. Or or you know whatever we want to call it. And dude was like, "Yo, Vector is like the best thing since sliced bread." This is basically what he was saying, and I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, and I wasn't on any side of the argument. I was just tired of hearing people talking about Mi versus Vector, and I was yeah. like, "Well, okay, what makes you say that? Like, what's something? Like, what's a bar that Vector said that you really fuck with?" And dude was like, "Oh, Vector said I'm the only one from the two, three, four." And I was like, that's it. You dead ass. <laughs> honestly, see, see, yeah. Honestly, you move on. Going back to that, you know the bad. You know the bad thing about. You know the bad thing about this thing now. When Small Job said, "Is that it?" Now you are going to be inclined to say the next bar so that you you try and see if like when you pitch them together, you know. But the next line is Alaye Jo Jo Jo. Is is. It's like in the hook of the song. The person should have done Vector a favor and like picked a bar from inside the song. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing we're saying in the beginning now, that most of these rap fans, they don't really like the things that they give you credit for are not even your best work. They are not even, I don't know, like to somebody that plus one, two, three, four thing now is, is madness. <laughs> you know why? Because they can use it as an Instagram caption. That's some remedial No, see, like the bar for Nigerian rappers is just well, on the floor. <laughs> Bro, and that that and, and I feel like I feel like that that's that's I, I don't know how to put it, but anytime I try to like I don't want to ramble again. I feel like in the beginning that thing I did in the beginning, I feel this is what I was trying to say. Like you realize at some point that the people you are even rapping for, they don't really appreciate like when Royce the five nine drops a bar, he's dropping a bar because he knows there are people that can catch it. But when you when the thing that is blowing somebody's mind in the whole song is plus one to the two, three, four. When you want to write your next set of lyrics, you are going to be thinking of the one, two, three, four guy, and then you want to like dump down. It's just crazy, to be honest. So, um, so, um, so uh, small chops. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. 
No, you go ahead. No, 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 no. Okay. I beg to talk to you. This is the midnight call thing. This is what used to happen during those midnight calls. Yes. I love you. Talk your own. I love you. I love you. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. Exactly. You hang up first. Yo. So, with the quick bars thing that you're doing now, you mentioned that you're... Well, what I'm hearing is that your goal is to just kind of get more people to hear more from you and like know your sound and all this stuff. Um, I I think it's interesting that you're doing that now um, after like releasing two projects or just like having released so many um, things right. already. Um, and I kind of just wonder what motivates that and also if you feel like it's, I mean, obviously it's effective. I would say it's effective. I really like them. Um, I like, I mean... Sometimes they're a little too short, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, But yeah, no, I kind of just wonder what motivates that and what kind of your end goal is with that. Um, I think it's cool that you're using like songs that we've already heard and stuff and just like taking your own, um, taking your own approach with it and stuff. Right. Yeah. And there are a few songs on there that I'm like, this is actually a lot better than the original. But um, yeah, so uh, what motivates that and what's your end goal and where do you kind of want to take it yo i feel i to be honest you are very right like from the way you started the question i can already like say like there's a point you're trying to make and i can see how like you're trying to fashion the question in a way that is like super like um like easy for me to answer but Mm -hmm. i i i okay so i've always had i've always had like how i put it now friends who I've come up with, you know, and there was a time when certain things were cool. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but you know how they say when you do, when you miss the time for something, like, and you now want to do it later, it would seem like a little odd or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So now it looks like the progression is supposed to be nobody knows you. As a rapper, you put out like certain like pieces of content, like freestyles or whatever. Maybe in this social media era, you do, 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 and then after some time, like, they gain traction, and then people start to know you, and then you then dr- and then you drop projects or you drop singles, and then the, the rest is history. You know, so now I, I, I get that it's a little bit, like, interesting. Let me use mm-hmm. interesting for <laughs> me to have released all these projects, and then this is when I'm now choosing to, like, do weekly stuff. Like, Joanna Lucas did all that stuff before he blew up. Russ did all that stuff before he blew up. Tobin Wigwe started doing all that stuff like one or two years ago before he became, you know, someone that can perform like at the BET Awards or like at the Grammys or whatever. So the reason why I'm doing it now is because I feel I never really like, I never really, there are certain things that I felt that that I feel I should have done that I didn't do. Mm -hmm. And not because, not because I didn't want to do them or because, it's just because most of the time I've been on my own. Like, a lot of people that I came up with, like most of my friends who went on to like be signed and all that stuff, like they were fortunate enough to have like sitting meetings with people who were like A and R's or like people who were, si- who were whose jobs were to like navigate this person's musical future. Like when someone is signed, for instance, you know, they assign you a team or whatever, like their job is to sit down and like help you on your path. So all I had at the time was looking at them and like studying their moves and trying to see what I could do like on my own independent side to like get there. But then I was limited by a lot of things like being independent, you know, 
you don't have funds you don't have like certain things that are required to like maybe make visuals or like you know promote yourself properly on social media or like all that stuff so i think i'd always wanted to do this the quick bar sessions i had actually started them in 2017 or 2018 i'd done some episodes i did like five but it was too ex- it was it was not easy to shoot because obviously i didn't own a camera i didn't own equipment at the time so i had a friend who used to help me shoot and the five episodes that came out earlier when i started in 2018 i actually all shot in the same day so i'll be on the same day so after those episodes came out the thing kind of like just died and that was when i was supposed to do this thing like every week to get to a point where when i drop a project i would have like a solid uh, no matter how like small but at least a couple thousand people who were ready to like spread the word about my music so now when i feel like i've gotten to a point where i can how will i put it i'm like what the hell basically mm-hmm. i'm like what the hell i've dropped projects i've dropped whatever whatever i've dropped but i still haven't gotten to that level where like a lot of people when i meet them in person they seem to know me they seem to know my work but there's just this disconnect between the numbers that i'm seeing and the recognition that i get in person i don't know how to explain it but so i now said okay let me let me forget the fact that it may look like it's a little bit late or like odd to do like a weekly series and just do it because it's it's cool and and it's going to get people back on like my bandwagon it's going to get people back on my like radar or like improve my social media presence or whatever so all the good things that come with it and besides i've always been someone who wants to add as many skills as possible to his resume so i have apart from the fact that i like make make mix music or like produce or whatever i've always been interested in cinematography and like making videos and all that stuff and i needed a creative outlet for it too so i i decided to like bunch all these needs i had together the need for increased social media presence the need for for a a growing fan base the need for like recognition beyond people just saying that they know my album or they know one song from two years ago the the need for that recognition the, the need for people to recognize consistency and like put me together with consistency in their brains you know all that stuff and then the need for me to have a creative outlet to like improve my cinematography or like just like get better at making videos because i've always been interested in it so i just started to okay so i got the camera got the equipment and i was like okay let's let me start making this weekly series and to be honest is one thing that has really kept me like i've been able to how will i say streamline my my time on a weekly basis because if i if i don't have anything that i'm working towards like dropping a video on monday i might not necessarily do anything for myself during the week because i'm basically mixing for everybody else during the week i, I really don't have like time for my own self and it doesn't make sense so that's a way for me to like make sure that i'm i'm working my creative muscle every week so it's not just like mixing for people i have to zone in for two days in a week or one and a half days and sit down and actually make something new for myself write a verse make a beat flip a sample and then make a video you know so it's just a a bunch of things rolled into one so i aim to keep it going as long as possible 
you know every monday if i do it for a year that would be fire so that would be 52 so i'm on number 14 now and we move so the way it's going at the end of the year hopefully my social media presence will probably double and then if i'm dropping anything going forward although i'll still drop music in between but if i'm mm. dropping anything going forward the impact in terms of numbers would be greater than if i just stayed at the same level of followership on social media and then i dropped something you know and the people who follow me now are people who have always wanted to follow me you know people who who are like a bit bigger in the space people who who i really want to see me are beginning to see me so it's been a good thing so that's that's i don't know somewhere inside i'm sure the answer is somewhere inside all these bloody things i've said but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it, I gotta say, it's like really refreshing to to be able to chop it up with an artist that you know um, just has like a lot to say about you know whatever it is that we're discussing and that's yeah. personality. Because you know, one thing I quickly realized in in the Nigerian industry, and I haven't been involved in it for a long time, but. There's a lot of people that are so creative that's like that's pretty much all that they have to offer on the music end, right? And yeah. when you talk about like everything else, like you you look at like behind the scenes or just how they talk or that decision making as far as like representation and everything else, and it's just like it's lacking, you know. Um, I feel you. I feel you. And that's why it's like it's so you know so dope to have you know somebody like you. And we, the last episode we did with a guest was with Dumi. And she was like really mm. on point too. Um, yeah, yeah. I know that's somebody that you have a, a nice, a good relationship yeah, with as well. That's my party right there. Yeah, and um, so I wanted to use this opportunity again because you're also independent, and I I know that you're in the industry and work with other artists for sure. But yeah. one thing that I've noticed is that uh, for one, it it looks like a lot of managers are exploiting the artist, right, and and in it for themselves. Um, and I just say it's based on like conversations that I've had with some people where it's like they make the, the process so frustrating and I'm like yo does the does the artist know that this is what's going on and secondly another thing that I've you know kind of been thinking about also is this um, this thing with like record labels and the really shitty deals that they have a lot of our favorite young Nigerian artists in uh, where you hear about some of the terms and conditions and some of the, 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 the shots that are being called and the drama and everything are just like whoa like you know before before I got into this space I would always think like why hasn't this artist put out music in a while why do they sound uninspired you know um, like what happened and then you kind of find out what's some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes and you're like damn like that's really fucked up right and I was hoping that you could speak on uh, some of the things that you've experienced or witnessed and you know maybe give artists some advice like people who are coming up or you know who are thinking oh the record label is the way to go maybe to like you know kind of drop some gems for them and you know just tell them things to watch out for and things like that yeah um so i'm I'm independent and it's it's um i would say 90 percent but okay no it's 65 percent by choice and 35 percent by just seeing the things that have been offered in the past and going hell now so it's basically like you have to be ready okay so first off if you if you are an independent artist or you're an artist just basically and you are in this space where one of two things can happen to you either you are 
someone who has decided to like take the independent route or yeah someone who has someone who is willing to like invest money into their career you know you could be one of these two people now the problem with the second tier of people is the people who are willing to invest this money in you are supposed to be divided into like proper record labels slash random guy with money so the random guys with money like far by far like outweigh the the industry standard record labels with structure so that's the problem a lot of deals that are being signed are just signed between guys that have money and promising artists so at the end of the day like you have someone who just is excited and wants to you know probably for the best of intentions or like invest in this young artist and like help him achieve his dreams but also make money because at the end of the day it's a business you know but at the end of the day because they are not like music heads they are not trained or they are not executives they are not record label minded they don't have structure you know and a lot of times some of these guys are not guys that got their money like in a clean way so to speak so there's also the whole thing about you know doing some certain businesses as like fronts to like wash money and all that stuff so at the end of the day like you become the artist who has to keep making music and has to keep doing good so that it will look like the record label is doing great so at the end of the day like if you are a talented artist and you are lucky to have hit singles and all that stuff that you know you are popping for years all can be well and good but it will get to a point where you now become enlightened and you realize that come if we did this thing the right way i should be making so and so amount of money but i've just been comfortable with getting a salary so to speak and getting a house paid for and getting a car that can be collected at any time you now begin to look for things that you can call your own and you begin to demand more and then the day you try to demand more you start to demand more the person that has been funding you now looks to you like you're an ungrateful you know piece of shit and then begins to start fucking you up in private and in public and then before you know it so 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 person has fallen out it's so so and so record label but the record label is really just a random guy who probably has a business name incorporated and slaps his face on the logo so like it's just something that you have to be wary of if you're an artist if you really want to go down that road then you have to have someone who is in your corner who is not just your friend like a proper manager who knows the business and who you trust you also need a lawyer who is not your manager and who is not working for a label or the label that you're assigned to who who you have a contract with and who is going to help you like read through like whatever deals are handed to you to sign because there's nobody that will give you a deal that will favor you like anybody that uses their hand to like create a contract and give it to you the fact that they created the contract the contract is in their favor so no matter how nobody's going to write up a contract that favors you and give it to you to sign so it's just a matter of like if you have a lawyer and a proper manager in your corner and you guys go through i have a friend who i remember the first contract he got to be signed to a record label he just brought the paper home and he was excited and then he was jumping around that he just got signed and i remember that day i told him to give me the paper and that was my first experience i think into like what these people like hide in the fine print so i read through the thing and i was like bro if you love yourself or if you really like <laughs> if you really want to be free in this life don't even think about signing this thing that i started showing him like the clauses here and there and i'm not even a lawyer nothing it's just like 
random stuff written in plain english but like people don't really have the patience to read so after showing like thankfully he didn't sign that deal but that was my first window into like seeing how crazy like the crazy clauses that people can put into all these deals and then going from there like if you choose to be independent then you're not there you, there's no room for laziness as an independent artist like i work my ass off like i can't even lie like i i i'm it's almost border but it almost borders on suffering <laughs> so like the only thing is i've worked and grinded to a place where like i've tried to make myself comfortable while doing it but it wasn't always like this like i didn't always have a studio i didn't always have equipment i didn't always have like the luxury of like a, my own place or like all that like i didn't always have that like i started i squatted with people for like almost two years like things happened you get but and during that period i was offered deals like i was offered all sorts record deals 360 distribution deals other kind of thing but when i read them they always used to be shitty to me and i would think to myself like how would someone that claims to like have my best interest at heart give me this kind of thing to sign and not even be like 60 percent of it was naivety like i actually didn't know that the business is the business and nobody is going to give you a contract that that is sweet and like take all your masters take 100 percent of your earnings nobody's ever going to do that but i didn't know that at the time so everything just looked like they were being wicked to me but i feel like in a good way that helped me to like like meander like jump over some of these contracts that would have had me like in a bind till now you understand so at the end of the day if you're an independent artist there's no room for laziness like i said you have to sit down and actually study what it takes to make sure that whatever you put out there in the name of music or in the form of music or content you, yeah that you're able to monetize or you're able to like even if it's not now but at least you own your catalog and you know you're the one that is clearly stated you know or you know clearly registered to receive profits from it when the time comes like i didn't know about publishing and all that stuff up until like two years ago you know when i like i'd been reading about stuff before then but what i'm trying to say is a lot of people have gone through that stress and are passing the knowledge on platforms like this so that the next generation of artists don't make the same mistakes you know so i feel like i i don't know like even if you want to get signed there are different types of deals that you can sign these days you don't necessarily need to sign a 360 deal to be successful especially now in 2021 there are so many types of deals you can sign if you are a promising artist maybe you are showing like encouraging numbers or like the, there's progress your streams are looking good there are certain labels that will approach you but with different types of things like maybe distribution deals maybe your licensing deals maybe they will give you some money upfront for you to do whatever you like but what what the money is for is they are licensing your music to them maybe for a period of time sorry and then during that period of time they own the rights to the music so they can exploit it anyhow they like but because they have given you money for it they want to recoup so they are going to put all their efforts into just trying to use layman's terms to explain you know this so that they are going to put all their efforts into like promoting the music and making sure that it gets to the widest target market possible at the end of the day they are probably going to like recoup their money when they make sales and like streams after promoting so hard but your name is on the music and by the time they return the music to you quote unquote you would have had a wider fan base 
you would have had like wider reach you would be able to tour in certain places where your music has become popular because of what happened during that period your music was licensed and you got some money up front for the music that's kind of like what's not that's kind of like is mr easy this is kind of mr easy's blueprint and you can see how successful he has become understand so i know that not everybody's start is the same nobody not everybody can be mr easy not everybody can be you know everybody else but that's just an insight into like the certain types of like deals you can make that don't necessarily have to be you signing away your masters to someone for perpetuity how do they put it that they own the rights to your music and the image and likeness for in the world and all its territories in perpetuity and other english that they put in the contracts so you know just just be wise and read and 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 if you want to go the independent route you have to be ready to work like you have to be ready to to this this to get ready to work i'm saying it's not even like on some motivational speaker p like bro i know what like you have to be ready to realize that you're going to have to put in 32 times more effort than the next guy that i signed because they will do one thing bam and then they have millions at their back and call that's assigned to them as budgets to push this project but you for you to push the same project with no funds you know the kind of legwork you have to do and the kind of creativity or ideas you have to come up with to maybe do something that will go viral on social media and help the promotion or something you know but somebody else has like millions waiting for a standard video and has millions waiting for payola has millions waiting for so you know what you're up against just if you are going to go the independent route like me you go so far but you have to just have the mindset that you have to put in the workshop even black bones that was not that was not independent he he used to do like some crazy stunts i don't know if you remember back then just to no i was aware of everything now like almost yeah. everything that we used to be like um we were recording a lot during that period so yeah i was he has never he's the kind of artist that he wasn't really waiting for anybody to do anything for him so he has always been like that like and besides it's not like in the beginning when he was signed like everything was rosy or he was he was signed to aq and loose kicking you know, was 100 crowns and they were starting the label with him basically so it's not like they had become this big label that was just sitting down with funds waiting for an artist to become make a superstar like don jazzy now can take ira star from a complete nobody today and make her a superstar in one week that's mavens i mean that's don jazzy that's the maven thing that they record label. that's what they do but blackbone still had to put in the work at the time the only thing is that at least he now had like a team he had like a support system you know that would amplify whatever he did you know but he did all the work that was required at the time and he's still doing it regardless so there are artists like that you know bottom line is shad don't be lazy <laughs> i guess yeah and uh so the moral of the story for the upcoming artists that are listening here is uh don't sign away your music or your career for uh what do you call them pepper soup um on a side note uh Dios is also in the building um just wanted to give him a chance to say something if he's uh if he's up for it the guy with the lg bag <laughs> <laughs> He's not. Um, Is he here? Uh, he's here, but he's not saying anything. Um, uh, okay. No shaking, Sha. 
Um, so I wanted to ask you, I know that not, not everybody, right, is going to have that, like, um, that amount of talent to them or, or you know, to their person. Uh, but you're somebody who's, like, you're involved hands-on in every process of the music, right? So you're in camps, you, you've probably helped a few artists with some lyrics or something, you know, you do the mixing, the mastering, uh, production, right? Uh, I'm guessing engineering and things like that, right? How did you, you know, how did you, how were you able to build up that skill set? And, you know, like, what advice would you give for an artist? Because the, the way the way your talents are structured is in such a way that you you eat, like, you can't eat for the rest of your life in that music industry. Like, because, yeah. again, it's just, like, multiple ways you're making that money, right? Uh, for somebody who wants to be able to do that, like, you know, how, how they start, how did you start, and how would you advise that somebody, like, kind of gets into that, especially when they don't, have, of course, don't have their own studio starting off? Yeah, so, I would say, in the beginning, I didn't have anything to, like, I, I this, the studio that I'm doing this podcast out of now was basically finished, was basically, when did I finish, this studio was finished... I don't know. I can't remember if I... I think it was finished. When did I finish the studio? I think in January... Was it? No, 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 no. Okay, no. I actually finished it last year, December. So, I've I've been in this studio for three three months or so. So, if, if that's the... If that one is part of the conversation, then you know when I started... And then this is 2021, <laughs> 2020 to 2021. So that one isn't even an excuse. Like if you want to get into this thing, first of all, you have to get ready to like, okay, so let me not start with the advice thing. Let me not sound like someone who is just like standoffish and wants to give advice. The, the, the real question is, how did I start? So what happened was when I started this whole music thing, I realized very quickly that I needed beats to actually make the music. So when I linked up with the guy I spoke about from my 200 level and up, you know, we started not together. Basically, I would just watch him work on Fruity Loops and then I'll try to replicate on like my friend's laptop and all that stuff. So I continued trying to make beats until I, I was I, I thought I like got good at it. But everything was still whack. But I just kept going, basically. Then along the line... When I tried to start recording myself on the not so great beats, because I just thought I should keep moving forward. Sorry. I realized that there was this thing called mixing. You had to like mix the vocals that I had recorded with the beats you made, and then it would form a song. And I was like, ah, I didn't even know that this was like a separate, like a separate discipline on its own. And to be honest, like every mixing engineer will tell you, like we learn about this mixing thing every day. So I've been mixing for people since. My first paid gig for mixing was in 2011. That was the first time I ever got paid to mix a record. It was 21,000 for 12 songs. That was in the university for an artist who was a rapper too. We actually worked together for a bit. And then I did that. And I'm sure those mixes were pretty shitty. But at the time, like, you know, that's what he could afford. And I was cheap labor and, you know, I was pretty okay. I guess I, I was mixing with with just my headphones, laptop. I didn't know what I didn't know anything. I was just basically just was inshallah vibes, you know. So it was now a question of do I want to just keep doing this for myself, like the mixing thing? Because I got to a point where I like I, like I said I had done like a paid gig in the university, 
and then from there people now started trying to get me to mix their songs and i was super cheap i think it was like 22k i was collecting from people at the time like 33k it's not like it was coming thick and fast because it was in a school environment not everybody's an artist the artist community was like really small and the people who could afford to pay anything for their for their music making had already spent most of it like in studios outside school like paying for actual studio time and stuff so coming to you was like just trying to wrap up the process and just give like urgent 2k to some guy in the next hostel to like just quickly like mix this thing so i mean but that's like the that's where i would say i got my start like in the paid whatever then for a long time because obviously when i graduated and i came out because my family is in the east and we used to live in lagos for a long time but then we all moved to the east because my dad wanted to be closer to my grandma when my grandpa died so we all moved to the east that was in 2002 so we're there and then i graduated in 2007 and the whole music thing i'm what am i saying i graduated in 2012 10 years later and then the whole music thing by then had reached a fever pitch like by 2012 when i graduated i had already started i had made a name for myself in the school like in that you know how you are popular in your school but outside the school nobody knows you so in the school i was quite popular you know for the music i was making i had put small money together in 2010 or so and i had recorded my first mixtape called no silence and that mixtape was um produced by me mixed by me all the songs were done in a single eight hour session because i didn't have money to waste i paid and then i recorded all the 12 songs in the same session and then i came back mixed everything with my headphones and stuff so during that period when i was about to graduate there were no students to like service my paid gig economy so i was basically you know trying to figure out okay am i going to be doing this thing just for myself because it's stressful plus you know what i get paid for it is not commensurate to the work i put in because you know how stressful it can be I, I i don't know how to explain how stressful mixing is but i can tell you that it's worse when you don't know what you're doing <laughs> so you know a lot of trial and error like now if i'm giving a song to mix i can comfortably say okay even if it's crunch time i can mix this song in a couple of hours because i know what i'm going to do when i go in there and i can deliver and i get paid for it but this was years ago and everything was basically like trial and error so <clears throat> that that i say that to say that at that time i wasn't even thinking of doing this commercially like mixing for other people you know but then i had graduated i had to go to the i had to leave the east and go to lagos and try and make this music thing work and we're no longer living there so if i was going to go back there i had to like find a way to stay on my own you know my dad was firmly against it i had lost my mom a while ago so everything was kind of like shaky my family was going through the loss like we're trying to like stabilize my dad was not having it that i was going to like not be around or like being the east and stuff but um, i had things to do i had this music to pursue so i had to find a way so i started looking for job opportunities in lagos at the time and then i, f I got one interview after my nyc passed out in 2014 i think march and then i know i didn't stay up to two two days at home like 48 hours i, I didn't last for 48 hours I had, I had to go for the job interview like anything to just get me to lagos so that i can see if i can find my way no plan nothing i just plan to stay with some friends and then that's how when i got the, when i got to lagos i was like come on how does this music thing work where to go where to start and then 
basically told my parents, oh, I'm going to stay here and try and see how I can figure things out. Of course, my dad wasn't having it. So, you know, we quarreled about it for a long time, but there was nothing. I couldn't come back. I had to make this music thing work. So why I'm giving all these long stories to say that I was always thinking about how to make music be the thing that would be my job. You know, make like create a job within the music space that would make me also have to work within the same music space. That would not take me too far. You know, but then it doesn't come easily. So the compromise was I had to find a, a proper 9 to 5. And I worked that 9 to 5 for 3 years. Like I was doing proper suit and tie from 2014 to 2017. But what I did during that period was I was taking free gigs like people will bring songs to mix my friends you know other artists i would mix for them but i was building a portfolio so that's what i was doing during that time i had no studio i was basically mixing with a boom box like those were my speakers there was no intricate connection i didn't know anything about sample rates or sound cards all that stuff like i was basically just plugging the boom box with an aux cord into my laptop and then just mixing what i thought was mixing I didn't really know anything about frequency. I didn't really know. Like, I was reading a lot. Like, I had, like, notebooks and stuff. I would scour the internet. I would watch videos. So, the takeaways are that during the period, I was studying hard. I didn't go to any audio engineering school. I took online courses. I took free courses. I took paid courses that I could afford. All that while, while I was building my knowledge, there was no way to prove to anybody that I was getting better at mixing. So, the only way was to keep mixing for people for free. And then, you know, keep improving my skills while that was happening. Uh, during the period, I now started interning at one studio um, close to where I was living at the time. You know, so when I had some when I had some free time, that was even before I got my proper 9 to 5 gig. I would go there, you know, help the guy make songs, get paid like 2K or 3K, and then use it to hold myself over for the week or some shit. Like, oh God, I did some dark times in my life <laughs> so so anyways moving on quickly so i say um sha 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 i was using that period to build the portfolio and this was years so between 2017 between 20 like even during the time i was doing my nine to five i met some people that were in my workplace like there was this particular guy who also had artist dreams like me but he was working in the same place i was i was working for an educational consultancy and they ran schools so I started with being a teacher in one of their schools. I used to teach math and further math. And then from there, like they took me out of class and I became like the CEO's assistant, the executive assistant. And then I did brand management for a while. I did all sorts of stuff. So I, I think I credit that period of my life for teaching me like discipline and organization and like office politics and all that stuff and how to like actually stay on task and like, you know, work in a team and all that stuff they teach you like in an office. So but during that period all those guys who were in that same setting who had like similar dreams as me at least one or two you know that I knew i was into music too they had their own songs so i would mix for them too for like 5k 10k and then i was just basically building that portfolio so it now got to a point where when it was time for me to make a decision because during that same period that same three-year period a lot of my peers were doing things that i was supposed to be doing during that time so there are some things that as a rapper you just have to like check off your bucket list like had you done like if jimmy's jump off check had you done like maybe a zone out session with free me tv check had you done so all those things that people were doing and checking off their bucket list i hadn't done any because i was basically going to work every day in a suit 
So I was watching all my peers do all those things and I was like, oh, I'm missing out. Like, time is going. Am I still going to go back to this music dream? At that point, it was not looking like I was going to settle in and become the guy who had a music dream. But then, you know, just got caught up in life and work and just had to make money. And then before you know it, get married, develop a pot belly and maybe live in Ogba or something. But like, after a while, Sha, I decided to resign, you know, from the job. And it was a very difficult decision because did I have enough songs in my portfolio to say, okay, I can start charging for mixing? Maybe, but who were, who were the artists who I was mixing for? Not really anybody of note. So if I really, if I wanted to collect money from another artist, now it's not like I could say I've mixed for Whiskey or I've mixed for MI, so pay me. Everybody was basically my friend who I had mixed for. You know, but when I took that leap, it's just one of those things that I just said, you know what, I'm going to save up some money so that I don't get broke within the first few months when I actually make this decision because obviously no salary will be coming in again. Then maybe I had to make sure that my next house rent was down so that at least for my, I won't be kicked out of the house where I was staying because I'd finally gotten a place for myself. And then when I would gotten those things down, I just said, you know what, I'm resigning. And then you know, I made an effort to resign in 2016, but my close friends, and I think I spoke to my dad and like some eggbones that I look up to and they were like, yo, it's not, it's not time yet. During that time, I still continued mixing for people. So my point is I was building a portfolio. I was improving myself. I was studying and all that stuff. And then eventually when I resigned, the plan was start mixing for people for a living. So it was calculated. It was, it was a risk, but it was a calculated risk. And I had made some plans, even though they weren't really adequate because it's not like I had mixed for like any high profile person. So it's not like I was going to get straight into the pile of top mix engineers in the country that you could come to for polished records. I wasn't anywhere close to that yet, you know, but came out and then I started grinding hard. Like I started looking for people to work with. I started getting in touch with like people, started trying to talk to people and then you know, it was, during, it was during that period now that I started working with Black Bones. I started working on a lot of his music. I sort of kind of found Oxlade in a session where um, I was engineering this session where a group of s singers were supposed to... They're actually a serenade company. So, like, if you wanted to, like, serenade your boyfriend or, like, propose to your wife or other stuff, you know, they would come in. You know, they had gifts unlocked. They had, like, serenading music and all that stuff. So they wanted to do something for social media. They wanted to do a mashup of two songs to, like, promote their singers on social media. And Oxlade was one of them. So I remember engineering the session, and then I just said, there's this, this guy here. It sounds like Ricardo Banks. It does not sound like a choir or, or mashup type guy. It sounds like someone that can be successful in, like, Afrobeats or whatever. I was basically reaching out to everybody at the time. So after the session, I just told the guy, like, bro, what we supposed to work with? And the rest is history. I sent him the beat for Mami Water after he heard me. He I made the beat, put it online, and then he heard the beat. He was like, yo, I know I want this beat bad. And then I, I sent it to him after a while. He did the hook for Mami Water. Black Bones comes to my place one day to like record randomly. I play him the song. He literally pesters my life for the song, and that's how Mami Water came about. So, like, all this meeting with people, networking with people, connecting with people, and I continued mixing and mixing, and then before you know it, like other like artists in that my peer group started trying to like take a chance on me. It was hard for me to charge at first, but after a while, 
Omo, hunger go ginger you. You, <laughs> you find a way to like charge for your services, and then you know before you know, a lot of other people will take chances on you, and you do a lot of free work, but you get to a point where you're undeniable. So I got to a point where Omo, if you didn't pay me, then I'm not doing like not just because I have money now, but because Omo, I've tried, I've paid my dues. So. But that was years, years. So I think it was in like twenty, late twenty eighteen, that I now started actually, properly, like, enjoying like getting paid gigs for my work and, you know, started working with like high profile names and you know mixing for. You know, so it took a while. If you check everything now, I've, everything is like seven years that I just explained in a few minutes so anybody who wants to get into this lane you have to be ready to like dedication and like knowing that you will just they waste years of your life but not wasting necessarily if you have a plan like you you know what your end game is and you should be able to also find find the find the like get a job get a job that will help you in the meantime you can you can leave later but like get a job in the beginning like stabilize and then you know eventually you can you can try and stand you know for yourself be by yourself and then you know but always have a plan and be ready to save money and all that stuff because everything that i've done yeah, basically like depriving myself saving money like because nigeria is hard so there's that so anyway that's the end of my um, uh, I appreciate you like really going in depth about your your journey because no it's like because it's, it's so easy to like just say some surface level shit you know that yeah. sounds very cookie cutter oh just grind you know whatever yeah, the um, that that's the, just grind bro you go grind see grind but but go go do them. I hate that shit like how do you just summarize your life like <laughs> Obini just grind dude. she asked what I you mean grind, grind. Like, should I go to grind. the to the club and give my baby wine you know you what is that me, like, you know, what you exactly would... <laughs> does that mean <laughs> so like ah because so many things going to this thing well i i try Sha, anytime i'm asked questions like this i try as much as possible to like shed light because some people just look at like to with everything i've explained now you can tell that there was a lot of like sleepless nights and there was a lot of suffering everything but some people right. still look at me now and they will be like how more I wish that I had it like like every level as I am now there are people I'm looking up to and I'm saying I wish that I had what they had there's also some people that are like somewhere also thinking that they wish they had what I had but at the end of the day like if you don't say like if I don't go in depth like this they won't be able to realize that all this was planned like it's not like I was handed any of it same thing mm -hmm. as people that are up there now or even people are in your own space like there's nobody that was handed anything except maybe you are trump or you are like a member of the royal family like everybody else had to like grind the problem now now if you want to explain it you guys explain your grind so that everybody go no say that what really happen um i have a question that is somewhat related but then is somewhat deviating but um in regards to just like um the support that comes in this like in this field and stuff um from what i've heard and all the different people you've talked about that you've worked with and stuff um it seems like you definitely um have developed a good network 
uh, within this scene. Um, but you also had one of, in my opinion, the best responses to um, MI's um, You Rapper Should Fix Up Your Lives. And um, I was just kind of wondering, like, what mindset were you or did you have to channel to um, make that response? I remember in a few lines you kind of just talked about even when he gave you like his number and it was a fake number and you just talked about that and talked about the lack of support in some ways um that (laughs) um that comes from like those that are a bit higher up there or more well known um so just kind of curious about your experience with that and then again just your mindset when you um wrote that song or wrote that response um so um like I said, during that period, I was still growing. Like I made that, I made the events that inspired the song. The song is called Vendetta. The song that, the events that inspired that song happened between 2013 and 2014. So, you know, that was seven years ago or eight years ago. And where I was at that time was I had freshly finished university. I was like ginger to like, okay, so what's next? Like this music thing, where are we going? Where are they meeting the where 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 are we going? Like where are they lining up to like blow and stuff like that? So I I you know there was this whole competition and the whole story is on the song, so I don't need to rehash the story. But my mindset at the time was I had this it was mostly naive to be honest, because like I said, there was a period when I didn't really know how the industry worked. I didn't really know that everything is a business. Like now there are some things that happen mm. to me and I'll be like, mm, okay. I mean, like, it's a business, so I can even forgive the person up front. Not necessarily forgive, but I can understand it. I can understand it and say, okay, yeah, okay, because, you know, the same way you go through shit, that's the way all these big guys go through shit, so they're human beings. So, but then, I used to always think about it, like, oh, they have everything. Everything is at their beck and call. Why can't they just do this small thing for you? But to be honest, it's, it's pretty childish. So, like, that was the mindset I had at the time when that competition happened. Like, if it happened to me now, I'll probably just shrug it off and move. Not that I won't be hurt or I won't be pained or it will not, like, you know, whatever, whatever. But I would, like, respond to it in a different way. It's just growth. So, at the time, you know, I won the competition. And actually, the promise was that, you know, the prize would be a song that would be produced by Chopsticks, executive produced by MI. It's so mm-hmm. crazy that we are so cool now, like, me, MI, and Chopsticks, like, at some point last year when i was holed up with chopsticks in the studio for days one random day i just brought it up to him and i was like i think that was the first time we actually had like a deep conversation because we had been in that session because of mi working on his project that will soon drop so we were we were just in the studio and he was producing i was mixing because he 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 did a lot of the production on the project but we were cool already but then he didn't realize that i was the same guy who had come to his apartment in 2014 and who was supposed to be the guy that would be that would make that would have the song made by him and you know at that point in my life that was what i thought would be my breakout song i thought that ah, Omo, emma is my idol and i get to this place where i win a competition where he's supposed to executive produce my single as the winner of the competition chopsticks is supposed to produce it to me i thought that was where my career was supposed to start so for the song to not have happened at the time I was obviously like everybody it was fuck everybody at the time I was, I was like these guys i mean like if i had hitters i put they would pull up on this i'm joking but like the the the, <laughs> the mindset <laughs> that the, that was the mindset at the time like that's that's where my mind was at the time i was so angry 
and eventually i'd always known that i would tell the story you know but i'd always also known that the story might probably be at a time where you know i'm just calm and cool enough to like say it in passing and like laugh about it but then i didn't it didn't get enough time didn't get to pass for me to drop the song on that level i think that song had to happen for me to establish the relationship i have with mi now and with chopsticks because when i when i told him the story the first time we actually had like a, a conversation conversation it was like for real it was you and then you know from there we chopped it up and then like he's the coolest i mean mm-hmm. like so that was where my mind was at the time like it was kind of like i the whole support thing like my mindset about it has changed now because like i said before almost every rapper in this country is independent Faust is independent um, um olamide is basically independent if not i don't know what the details of the distribution deal he and fireboy have with empire i don't know the details but i'm sure it's, it's not a 360 i don't think olamide at this stage of his career is signing a 360 after everything that whiskey and david have passed through in the hands of like international labels you know so like i said almost everybody that is big that is a rapper so to speak is independent so they have their own shit going on like the same stress that we are passing through on our own smaller scale they are passing through it on a bigger scale the only difference is that they have gotten to a level where they've built a platform they have more money they have a name for themselves and all that stuff so to an extent i can understand if they can't do certain things for you and you have to do them for yourself you know back then i had this different mindset i thought that you know you know they almost owed it to us like it was almost bordering on entitlement but you know that was where my mind was at the time you know but when i did the song i felt it was necessary because at the time when i dropped you rapper should fix up your lives it was i didn't want to respond because at that time like i said i had grown to a point where i could see it as it was a pr stunt like to me I think you rapper should fix up your lives is 50% MI just trying to really say like rapper should wake up and 50% him trying to make a statement record that will get him like in the conversation because to be honest that's what Kendrick was doing when he did the controversy like sometimes you just do something so that people will talk about it like that's literally what people do sometimes like you do something or like put your name in the news you know and MI before he dropped you rapper should fix up your lives emma has always been like a legend he has always been you know what he is you know but during that period like i think at that point in his career i don't know for sure and i don't think i've had this conversation with him so i don't think it would be fair to like have an opinion on it without really like like discussing it with him or anything but i think he just did that at the time because that's what he felt to be a significant like move for him in his career at that time to like stick his claim as the big brother of the industry that was supposed to pass this heavy message and was the only one that was going to be able to do so so in doing that we being the sentimental nigerians that we are we're going to get upset but me personally in the beginning i had no intention to respond because i could see through it and i was like damn what a move like i saw the, i saw it like a move i saw it like like a chess move you understand so it was friends that talked me into replying replying the song because they're like all the rappers in the country are replying and because they are replying mi they are getting buzz like blogs it was the talk of everywhere rappers were responding people were talking about it sound city everybody on tv everybody was talking about it. the rappers were responding i was like okay see me i'm holed up in my room here i'm a talented rapper but be like saying only me and my family knows i do talented so it's like 
that Jaco line, what good is being the one if you're the only one that knows it? So my guy was like, come on, put your name in this conversation. Everybody knows if you make a song about this, you're going to make a dope song at least. So I was like, okay, since I'm going to reply, I'm not just going to do at least. Let me come with a story. Let me tell a personal story that will make it look like I have a vendetta with MI or whatever it is. But I found out while I was writing the song that I had actually had like unresolved feelings from how I felt at the time when it happened. Because it had been so long, I didn't really always like go back to it. But you know how you now start peeling back to now write the lyrics of the song. And I had mm. to start remembering everything that happened and how I felt at the time. I was like, oh more. Then eventually I had to make the song and it sounded super personal. So I, and if there's anything that I that every everybody knows if you're doing something, what what's what doing is what doing well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to and I keep things like i'm just the guy that i have hard drives with videos from my youth service videos from when my stepbrother and stepsister were little kids i just keep stuff so when i did that thing in with star in 2014 that caused the whole p i waited patiently for star to upload the video to their youtube channel because i wanted to have a copy of the video for myself because internet was not the same now like and i don't even know if that thing is still on, on youtube but Indeed, they uploaded it, I downloaded it, and it was on my hard drive. So I'd always had the video. So when I now did the song in 2017, the Vendetta song, I was like, hmm, what if I pull some audio clips from the actual event and like lace it on the song so that it will sound more real and pull people into the environment? So I did that too. So all around, the song now became like this whole event. So, and then, and funny enough, am I? Like he was commenting on the songs that he had heard. Like maybe every day he would say something about one of the replies that he had heard. But from this place of, I've gingered you guys. And hey, now you guys are talking. So it was like, ha ha ha. This is what this guy said, ha ha. But I realized that when he was res- responding to my own stuff, he went beyond the regular ha ha comment. He was more like, wow. So someone is pissed off that I gave him a number that didn't work. And then he now made another comment again about the song. I was like, he has probably listened to this song more than once. And then I think I, I can't remember how I think yeah I, I think a few weeks after that he announced this thing he was going to do for rappers like a festival or something. It didn't really happen, but at the time when he announced it, um, he said you know rappers that were interested you know should like hit them up or something. And then I think I DM'd I can't remember who DM'd who first, but I think I'm the one that DM'd because I wanted to ask you know how I could be part of the event that he was speaking about. And then he was like, yo, he sounded like he, the way he replied me, he replied me like he's aware of my work and he knows what I've been doing. He was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be integral to the thing that, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then from there we got talking and then, you know, we linked up, had a whole conversation, hashed out everything. It wasn't really like anything to be hashed out. We just like talked. I Me, mean, I was basically like over the moon that I finally gotten a chance to like sit down with my idol and like just like chop stuff up. So from there, in, I now really began to understand that most of these things are not even within their control. Like imagine it took from 2014 to 2020 for me to have a conversation with Chopsticks, for him to explain to me that the budget was not even approved by like somebody at, at um, some company that was handling the PR for the event. And he wasn't mm-hmm. even paid for the production he was supposed to do for the person that won the competition. So that's why there was no beats. He had to give me something from his archives. And that's how I was mad that he gave me something from his recycle bin for years. And then like all that stuff. Like, So it takes a while. But then if you're around long enough and then you're lucky, 
to get in the same room and have these conversations then hopefully you can be able to resolve some of these things but hey that's what happened for me so yeah i feel like i'm okay. i'm really just like in answering these questions i'm just just basically telling stories but we enjoy the no, stories not, don't not worry sport, like, not in sport. you know you know you know a nigga grew up on tales by moonlight so nobody today um but to wrap up man um you know the, the two singles that you dropped last year uh in Daboski yeah. and Corista uh both yeah. uh in a way churchy like the, the the names are like churchy themed and stuff right is that <laughs> yeah. uh is that a coincidence like what can we expect from your next project and when are you dropping okay, also so, yeah to add yeah. to that um i don't think i've ever heard you rap in a different language, like an Igbo or anything like that i'm just kind of yeah, curious yeah. as to whether or not that's something you no, i did i did my last week was um if i rapped in Igbo on monday Okay. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Okay. 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 So, yeah. I did that for the first would time. Would you would you want to do more of that or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like okay. I it's so exciting. <laughs> to be honest and mm-hmm. and I I I I met I, I met Zoro. I met Zoro for the first time this year and meeting him and you know working with him kind of like just ignited my I have always wanted to try rapping in Igbo. You know, but I've never really like, never really like, gotten around to doing it because I can speak Igbo. You know, but and oh, that's really all it takes. You know, if you can rap and you can speak English, then you can rap in English. You can rap, like I can rap and I can speak Igbo. So it's a matter of like just putting the words together and making them sound, you know, like the same way you rap regular like English. So I think meeting him and having conversations with him and like just being around him once in a while made me appreciate like what he does even more like i've always been a fan of fino always been a fan of slow dog always been a fan of zoro like from way back when their music started popping like when i was still in the east so eventually getting to meet one of them and then you know one of the guys who really pioneered like the Igbo rap thing even though like people like slow dog fino came before him but like he has held his own too you know made me start like really thinking about hey like i can try this so I've never really, I don't think I've told him that he's the one that I credit for, for inspiring me to like, you know, start trying to rap in Igbo, but, you know, I, at, at least I paid some homage by, at least the song I sampled for this last episode of Quick Bars that I actually rapped in Igbo was a song that was Flavor featuring Fino and Zoro. So to an extent, I think that goes to show that it's music that they have made that has put me in this mind state. And for the earlier question, it's a coincidence. The Indaboski and Corista thing. Indaboski is a thing on its own. Corista. That's one of the things that I said now. If I wanted to just be a douchebag now, just claim it and be like, yeah, so I had this grand plan to like make church theme songs during the year. So ah, I didn't know anybody figured it out. Yeah, smart guy. All that stuff. <laughs> the Holy Spirit <laughs> has revealed this to you. You get me? <laughs> but no, that's not what happened. Like, it's coincidence. The the two songs are like separate things. I I made Lindaboski on a whim. Like, I had already, the beat for that song was even in a beat pack that I had sent to someone. I sent, I, I, I think it was Ghost. Ghost asked me to send him some beats and then I sent him like some beats, including that one. And then one day I just got inspired to like write to it. So I had to call him and beg him like, 
I beg, is he going to use this one? And he was like, no, not really. And then I said, okay, because I want to use it for. He was like, okay, cool. I I know that last 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 he's going to come at me for this thing I've said because, you know, like be, be, being that I don't really have time for myself or to make anything, I hardly have like beats stashed like a regular producer who like that's all he he does. So every time like guys that I guys ask me to like send them beats or like even guys that I look up to people like Ghost or like Emma ask me to send them beats for the longest, I won't be able to not because I don't want to but because there's no time. And then I have like other things that are on my neck, and it's difficult for me to explain why. So sometimes, like you just be teasing me, like um, uh, that you know, send beats and no go send. So I'm sure that they even calling him to say that I wanted to use that one was, <laughs> was going to be fight. But eventually, I just made that song on a whim because you know the major was trending that time now, all the antics he was doing in that his church, and all that stuff. So I just decided to like make a funny song about it. It's always been one of the things I like to do. Like there's a song on my first album called yahoo boy music where i just like do a funny song about what it feels like like a day in the life of a yahoo boy and you know what must be going through their minds and how they justify what they do but i just didn't want to make it preachy so i had to make it funny you know but still pass my message so that's why i did nagoski Corister was basically me just i just made i think it was a song that i made within the first few weeks of like being in a relationship last year so i was still like on the high that period you know i'm no longer i'm single now but like that was the first few weeks so i felt a certain way that period and i was like, ah, I'm that song came from that feeling and the song was basically like half done and then i just kept it and then during that same period i think mologo tweeted one day about me and said that he would love to work with me I think he said people should like tag me and let me know or something and then people kept tagging me and I saw it. So I DM'd him and I was like, yo bro, I have something that I think, you know, you might be able to work with. So I sent him Corista and then he loved it and the rest is history. My next project, I'm actually working on two projects that I want to drop this year. Hopefully I can drop both this year, but we'll see how that goes. Even if it's one that comes out, fine. But I'm working on two, the plan is to drop two. But the reason why I'm not really like putting a date to it or like rushing to drop it is because i want to be able to say that i can make visuals for the project before i drop like one thing that i've always not liked is because there's lagos and you're an adult in lagos if you have money to do something you'll be thinking of your bills first there are certain things that are important to you as an adult in lagos before you start thinking of putting million millions of naira to go and shoot video like there are things that are happening in your personal life and in your family that you first first collect your money so i i went ahead to drop chameleon without a proper plan for like visuals like a budget for promotion and all that stuff the album went on to do okay like it did well like it's almost two million streams on all platforms now which is cool but like if you look at it from a very practical point of view without me being ungrateful or anything it's taking like this is much okay so it's like one and a half years now you know for it to get to that milestone so even though i know that it's pretty successful it would have done a lot better if i had like visuals and like a proper promotional plan i did the best i could do you know but there are so many songs there that are too good to just live like that without visuals like if i had a video for calm down with good girl Ellie, i know how far that would go 
If I had a video for C Heaven, he talks later than Ghost. Ha. Huh. If I had a song for video for PDA, the one with MI, bruh. Or if I had a video for One E, the one with YC, or even Bag X2 with Blackbone. Like, these are all songs that deserve videos, but I've not been able to make the videos for them. Not because I don't want to, but because funds never come out. In fact, I was in conversations to shoot the video for Pop talking about funds because that's part of like the lyrics in the song. But like, that didn't work too because the money go day, then something else will carry the money. And I'm not even a frivolous like guy like i'm not even someone that just i don't party i don't go to the club nothing like now still life now they collect my money they'll be like saying they'll be like saying a woman or like or like bad habits and shit but at the end of the day like i want to make sure that i have a plan you know for the project in terms of visuals before i put anything out i don't want to just drop audio <laughs> audio project literally so that's the reason why yeah, I, I feel you, man. To, like put a date to it. But I'm working on the projects. They are coming along fine. I'm trying to. I'm taking my time with it, basically. I hope, I hope so. You they make money from those your streams, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so I, like, I'm, I'm even thankful. I'm, I'm thankful that, like, the, I'm thankful for the way it turned out, cause I wasn't even sure how I was going to distribute the music, like my last album, for instance. You know, so I, I, I knew that you know for the songs to actually do well. It has to be like a little bit of promotion at least like put the songs have to be like on playlists and stuff at least so that they will be easily re- um, discovered and stuff so it's difficult for you to place them by yourself because if it was that easy everybody that was uploading music would just have them on playlists so all these taste makers and like people who have now become the go-between like for artists and apple music that's where they are making their money now so you have you know people who are providing you know distribution services and then part of what they are promising is that they'll pitch to playlist and then they can guarantee that it will be on it and all that stuff as at the time i was dropping chameleon i hadn't had any such conversation with anybody i wasn't really sure i wanted to like hand over my stuff to anybody you know for a percentage or all that stuff but that's one of the things you just have to realize that as an independent artist that sometimes that like, you just re- you just look at the situation and then as long as you are sure that you have still have control over it in some way, then you can go ahead and like take that risk. So I distributed the album with the plug and that was even like me just shooting my shots. Cause when the project was ready, you know, I sent it privately to like people who I know have been following my music, but I haven't really like spoken to them before, but they are like highly placed people, people like Bizzle, people like Osage, people like, you know, all those people so i sent sent to them to listen and it was like my first proper album that i was that i had like big name features and all that stuff so i mean in the space of was it not 45 minutes or so bizu actually dm me back i was like bro i need to call you you know i was like ah, from someone that i didn't even think i would have a shot to ever like have a discussion with to like him listening to my project and within 45 minutes he wanted to get on the phone with me i was like or more that means i probably made a dope album here and then he calls me and he's like he has started even playing the songs for some a and hours around him and they're like oh more this is fire that who is this guy so he offered him to have the plug distribute the music for me and i was like what the hell what do i have to lose if i was going to distribute it by myself probably the distro kid or the platform i was using at the time and i wasn't going to be guaranteed playlist anyway so that's what i ended up you know 
what was the question again? I feel like the, whatever I'm, I'm saying. A, no fear. My my own thing right now just be say when when you when you cook up the project and everything, definitely send us a you know what I'm saying uh, exclusive okay, oh, listen oh, before it drops. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying that that's that's what I got from what you just said. Okay, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't have any problem with that. Like, I, I sometimes nice. I even, I realize the song I played for you before I before we started this whole thing. Like when I finished it, I I sent I sent because Tommy always the babe that you, you hear on the song, and then I sent her the private link, and you know she's with Universal now, so you know I I didn't know that you know based on the fact that she probably has to have them listen to whatever she's on and in terms of collaborations. I think she shared the private link with like somebody in her team. Cause I just realized that when I went back to like SoundCloud to look at the song, it had like some couple hundred plays. I was like, "Hey, what's going on here?" <laughs> so I was like, "Oh my!" Yeah, yeah, so I was like, "Yeah." So, so the few people that listened to it, I even like replayed it so many times within that how many hours. I was like, "Okay, that's usually like an indicator that you know the song is nice." But you know, I I usually do that. That's what I was trying to say. Like when I want to drop music, I just send it to like trusted ears and people that i think are just going to like give me a feel for like but not you know uh i don't know how to no i I, bro i I feel you i I hear you for sure um man we really appreciate you coming on and like really like just chatting it up with us and you know giving insight on your career and the music industry and like going in depth about everything man um you know what you do is dope for sure and uh, um, you guys are going to cut this, cut this thing into pieces, right? Like, I don't think anybody's going to listen to me for like one hour, two hours. Oh, we feel we feel on our part listen. Part two, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. But they, but our, okay. our listeners listen for sure, they fuck with what we do, and you know, it's from Lagos we love, so you know, we do things a little differently over here, okay, right? Okay. This is probably the longest interview you've done, right? Like, I, I feel like I, I, you see, I don't know, I think I just feel relaxed because. I had closed for the day. Like, I had to quickly, mm. like, send off some mixes if I... So, I'm, like, I'm a little bit relaxed. Tomorrow morning, we go... I'll be this morning, we go again. Later in the morning, sure. For sure. Nah. So, usually, what we do on the podcast is, uh, to wrap up, we do, like, we have a sleeper session. And, basically, what that is, is we play songs that we fuck with that we want to put people onto. Um, but I think we should do it a little differently this time. Um, so, I want to ask you for two favors. Right? One is if you can play us another joint that ha- that you haven't put out yet, and secondly, if you can give us a drop. Okay, well, the drop is like to shout you guys out something you can use on your fast promotion. Yeah, material. is that pretty much? Yeah, just let let the say? people know that you're on the you know on the best podcasting on the continent or in the world, whichever Gee. one. I'll put your own spin on it. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, now that they've said I should do this. Wait first, add add this for your voice before you before you run out. You reminded me of like as a part of my hustle back then, like not even too long ago, like last year, part of my hustle was voice voiceovers. I had done all sorts. Like I did one for Lipton, really for Amstel Motor, did one for Sterling Bank. Like also random stuff you hear on the radio show. Sometimes I just hear them and I'm like, Oh yeah, I did that. So maybe I have to now go and look for it. Where's my... Oh, my good shit, my good shit. Where's my... Uh... Okay. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, what's up, what's up? It's your boy, Alpha with Genie, and I'm on From Lagos with Love. 
the number one but po- wait what i what what niche what niche is this podcasting is it like uh you go on pop pop culture now you go be pop culture okay 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 so you want me to this is like um okay no i'll also i'll sorry all right, all right. <clears throat> clear throat <clears throat> Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Alpha Ojini here, and I'm one from Lagos with Love, the number one pop culture podcast on the continent. Cheese, Omar. There, there we fucking go. Small chops. <laughs> Where you around about? This is when you put the, the the what's it called? When Dio does the sound effects. Oh yeah, usually you do the sound <laughs> effects, but he's uh. Oh, so because he does sound effects, they have to come in with the sound effect. Hey, Madu. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, hasn't said anything on this point. You don't catch like three or four strays, man. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh shit. Um. Alright. So you want to you want to play us a song? Um. To be honest, I I don't. Okay. So what was this? What the the first one I played? I don't know what the sound quality was like on your end. I don't know whether you could it was pretty. It was pretty clear actually. It was it was good. It was good. Okay. Because, like I said before, a lot of all the songs that I have for this project, they are still in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Let's see if there's anyone that could even... Okay, love is out. But you were the only one that was that was there in the beginning when I played that song. So should I just play that one again? Man, fuck these niggas, Jared. They snooze, they lose. Wow, you're actually disrespectful. <laughs> just so you know. We would like to hear it. Thank you. It's not your fault, honestly speaking. It's not your fault. <laughs> wow. That was straight to the point. Yeah, I was like, come on. Okay, so um let me I'll I'll play I'll play I'll play it again. It's the same song. Um just because it's the one that's like the most complete. The rest are just going to be at some point you're not going to hear anything, just instrumental and then um, ideas are not finished so let me just play the one that is finished which is the one i played before so it's going to be on the it's going to be on one of the projects and um it's called namaste it's um me and tommy Owo and um i don't even know if i should have got, said the name and all that stuff but fuck it wait r- run it back we couldn't hear you like okay i can say this actually like the song features to me and it's going to be on one of my projects hopefully it will drop this year because like i said i don't want to like promise anything or like give a date or like whatever but just know i'm working on music so this is one of the songs that i've that i can play right now Alright, it's uh for the listeners is they from Lagos with Love Exclusive. You get me. Let's get me. go. I'm just out here dishing out exclusives. You know, with it. Public. <laughs> so, let me see. Play this. Really, really need you. So let's just keep it simple. Me, I love myself and I 
namaste To my kings namaste Bad man no they rush this love Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the number one radio show from Lagos with um, a couple of things with your <laughs> DJ um, <laughs> Alpha or Jimmy. Um, yeah, so I'm so I, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 practicing my my broadcasting skills. What do you guys think about the song? I like it. Oh, no, I, I fuck with it. I fuck with it. the hook, the beats, like. You know, even the within the they come up, she not bridge. When they when they see the doings, they go love up. You know that one. Uh, that one are uh, definitely insta caption. <laughs> nah, fucks with it, man. I fucks with it. Yeah, I like that. I, I I can't believe that I I asked you guys a question and I forgot to turn my headphones off, so I didn't even hear anything. I was like, ah, why are they not answering me? And I, I they're laughing. Ah, they're laughing at me. You sticky. <laughs> No, we like it. We like it. No, we fuck yeah, with it. We fuck with it. I was just saying, like, you know, the the part where you're like, when they see you doing they go love up is like Instagram worthy. It's definitely. Is that your next caption? It's okay. Probably. This is a safe space. Shopper, but you don't love up already now. Let me see. Okay. You don't. I think you should. Run up. Run up. Like now that I played this song, yeah, like after everything we've discussed, like this guy is still out here trying to make songs that he's singing. Like it's not our fault. Well, let me play something that I'm rapping. <laughs> that I'm rapping on because, like I said, most of the songs are like in like different stages. But there's mm-hmm. one that I think I can play that is still is not finished. It's basically just a long. It's a medium. We'll style. take it like that. It's okay. It's okay. I'm a more hero. <clears throat> um okay found it all right um, 
Avec ton avant. Guy, Abeg, Abeg, email us that record. See, now, because because Dio has shamed me for saying I like things, I can't say I like it, but that was fire. I really like that. Nintendo GameCube, go and sit down somewhere. We fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? Dog, send email, send them, run them, send both of them through email, Jerry. We we get here. That was fire. You know me, send them. When you can't complete them, you can't update the sending way you do before. Nah, bro, that that ego, that ego slash. Uh, yeah, ego no, that scheme, was that was that was hard. That was, okay, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. My bad. I didn't mean to say it like, <laughs> in that context. But you get what I mean. <laughs> Pause on that one, but. <laughs> Bro, your, for some reason, your mic is not as, like, clear as before. Are you away from the mic or something? Is it better now? I think I set it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit better, better now, yeah. Bitch slap. The only time they focus is with these targets that's on my back. I bet 
been in first place, but I'm in this shit the last. So if I drop the crown, I don't even want it back. I'm a walking life hack. I raise all my asking prices. They ain't even gotta ask. Another random or finished one. <laughs> She, Firstly, she that the email address right now. You want the email address? Right now. <laughs> you can send it to your WhatsApp. <laughs> I guess. Okay, I guess. Um, you were forming humble. That wasn't you, was it? No, it's Tony. I don't know if you know. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. That was nice. I like that. We await the full versions. We're patient. (laughs) I would also like to say, within those four songs or those four um, clips that you just played, like there was quite a bit of variety um, amongst that, and I appreciate that. So continue. Continue. You're doing well. Oh, yeah, there your head. You know that guy. You know that oil where they put his <laughs> on your knee. That that one is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Thank you so much. No shaking, man. No shaking, man. Good shit. Good shit. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. No, we do. Oh, we do. You, oh, okay. You, you, okay. you clean up another jam. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, you don't finish. <laughs> no, but you should. Put more stuff on your stories. Yeah. I know yeah. I'm definitely one of those people that, like, will come back and check 20 times until, they, like, they actually post the full version. Mm-hmm. How was that? <laughs> it was cool. It was mm. cool. Like, I, it was it was just me. I think I was in the studio here, and I was just 
playing music and that's what we did on the live like i played some some unreleased stuff too and then you know just people commenting and saying what they thought about the music so it was just cool i, I hardly ever do stuff like that so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm a lucky. It felt like mm. we had a listening party today, man. <laughs> like, like you know, <laughs> listening party was, of four. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's the most we've ever. You know what I'm saying? It's the most. Yeah, we've ever yeah. Had. Like, Oxlade, Oxlade played us like, and then you got like they give niggas like blue eardrum because he dropped like ten seconds of a song, but you've actually like played us like four, four different genres with like Chopin was saying with variety, you know. Mm. So definitely appreciate that. Um... I'm gonna go ahead and shout out our social media uh, to just to wrap up. Um, of course, on Twitter you can mm-hmm. find us at FLWL Podcast, and I'm, I think it's the same thing on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Okuchi. That's O K W U C H I I I. You can find Sultan on Twitter at Atex. That's A T E K S underscore. You can find Dio on Twitter and Instagram at Dio Nintendo. Dio underscore Nintendo. Um, I don't know what Sultan's Instagram is. I think it might be the same thing. Um, Shopper, go ahead and shout out. No, you can continue. Nah, what's happening? Nah, because you can't tell me you know the owner. You're not gonna do mine. So. Oh, oh, you, oh, you want me to run your own for you? Yeah. Wow, you see, you're spoiled. But no, I'll go on. clear my throat first. <clears throat> you can follow uh, Shopper on Twitter and Instagram at. Mobono Feli Feli. Okay. <laughs> this is your cop out, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. Um, it is M O S O P E O R E O L U W A on Instagram and Twitter. Moshope Oreo Lu. Okay. Oh, no, be Oreo. You just called me an Oreo? Oreo Lua. It's okay. It's okay. Yes, no, but it's Moshope Oreo Lua, but you tried. You know, sweet. Let's, let's, off your mic. Okay. Anyways, this is the end of this episode. I'm not done yet, though. Alpha, go ahead and shout out your social media, bro. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Alpha underscore Genie. That's A L P H A underscore O J I N I. That's that's all. Yes, but you, I be, I, you no longer reach much up I feel you, Jay. No, 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 no. Um, what are you... Okay. Okay, it's not your fault. Again. <laughs> no, I just followed you, so that's why I know. Like, I, I, I can see that your name is quite long. But, you know, mm-hmm. Guys, he followed me. something that anybody that knows, knows you is not supposed to butcher the name, so... Come on, I agree, Jay. <laughs> Omar, um, thanks a lot for joining us, man. This was a yes, thank episode. you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Right. <laughs>